welcome everyone to this week's All the Way Down episode. This is episode 28. I'm Invictus Knox. This is... Uh, I'm Dash. The, That's uh, Dash. Retro. See how quick he is on his feet? <laughs> there might be more dashes. I'm the retro one who <laughs> doesn't always play retro games. Some hey, people I'm call me sad. Dash Recent. Dash Recent? That's pretty mm-hmm. good. I kind of like that. Did, did Flex coin that? No, no. A guy on Twitch by the name of Thick Loot. Oh, I, I think I've seen that username before. Yeah, yeah. He's a friend nice. of he's a friend of Evasive J. We're name dropping all over the place right at the start here. How's Love it going? Jay. <laughs> um, I'm pretty good. I uh, we ha- uh, we meant to do this last week, but we just literally just rolled natty ones on every turn. Um, <clears throat> yeah. So we were trying to do an episode on uh, this new game I started playing called Super Castlevania Four, which uh, you have already beaten by a long shot because you've you've progressed on to other uh, Castlevania games ahead of me in yeah. the uh, in the challenge lineup, and I was tired of. I I think the the camel that the camel that broke the straws back for me was the uh was seeing you play N64 Castlevania and I was just like well, I want to do that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Cuz I really want to see why everyone hates that thing so bad, but um that's not the point of tonight's video. Uh tonight's we're, we're po- podcast video, uh whatever you want to call it. We are talking about Super Castlevania 4 and I was wrong. You were wrong about it? I was wrong, yeah. Not, well, so I haven't made a judgment about it, but, like, my uh, judging a book by its cover of it has me a little bit more interested in it than I thought I was going to be. And um, so I guess I, I approached it with the idea that it's, like, an enhanced remake of the first game on the NES, which is just Castlevania, as anyone may know. Um, fantastic fucking game. You play Simon Belmont. You go through a castle that has all the classic horror villains, except for some reason the Wolfman got the shaft. Uh, and then you beat Dracula's ass. That's the story, and it's fantastic. It's spooky. The music is, like, literally, I don't know. Man, you're talking best soundtracks of all time, Castlevania uh, and Castlevania 3. Castlevania 2's runner-up. Three might be the best. One's definitely tied for that for me. But um, yeah, I'm 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 such a huge fan of the music. It it helps create just. I'm so immensely impressed with the ability of just a couple textures and sprites and just like some decent music to 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 make a creepy vibe with like you know less less computing power than a thumb drive that you have you know it's crazy yeah but, um, so but castlevania I'm, sorry go ahead oh i was gonna say I, I think i lost track of you a little bit somewhere i was there. talking so about you, castlevania there so the i haven't talked about castlevania one, though, 4 yeah yeah okay, i'm talking about okay. the 8-bit era first Got um it. i'm just saying that i fucking love that series yeah uh and and me judging the book by its cover of super castlevania 4 is going it's an enhanced remake of one okay i get it we're gonna Call it Super Castlevania because we call it Super Metroid. We call it Super Mario. We call it Super Mario Kart. You know, we're, we have to market the Super Nintendo. Yeah, so, all right, whatever. Nintendo. We got to put that name on there. And I'm just like, all right. It kind of looks cool. And I, I thought it was a – and I kind of almost still do feel like the uh, eight-way uh, whipping mechanic that's in this game is a gimmick. But, but I'm sure I'll get to the point in the game where it's absolutely like – 
a cool thing in general but for the for the most part right now it's a quality of the life quality of life enhancement and it makes castlevania so much more approachable um not even just that but like there's down to like the platforming they made it a lot more forgiving you can change direction in the air now uh you can whip in different directions it's crazy how much more control over you you have over simon you have than you didn't have before um and the reason i think i'm wrong about this is because i looked at it kind of like the same way uh what was it castlevania chronicles the ps1 kind of enhanced remake of uh what is it the msx game i think that they wanted to remake with that uh, it's the uh, X sixty eight thousand. Oh yeah, the Sharp X sixty eight thousand. Yeah, so they yeah. were they were doing like they were bringing that version, I guess, to PS one. So I looked at it in that sense. It's just like, okay, I want to play Castlevania for the story. Um, so therefore, I'm gonna m- mainly focus on the story, like focus games, not necessarily the enhanced remakes or whatever. But playing this has made me kind of like come aback on it because i i at first i was like all right uh whatever it's it's like the 16-bit thing it looks cool i like the way it looks the music doesn't do much for me to be honest um i don't like it as much as the nes music but it gets better it's just the first level's music is kind of bland in my opinion um either way it's i was wrong because i keep thinking it's just like this like uh, it's not even made by the same team it's kind of like a it won't live up to the to the shoes it, it has to fill you know what i mean and then i played it and i just go oh wow so this is essentially everything i like about castlevania except without me pulling out as much hair <laughs> sure so it's actually playable it's not it's not easy it's like i've played it surprisingly my first run was the one that i got the furthest uh, progress in i got to the point um and uh, I don't want—I don't want to spoil this part, but I got to a point, and then uh, every time I played after that, I got less and less. <laughs> like I kept getting game game overs further or earlier and earlier on. I can't speak tonight, but like I was, mm. the difficulty is there, so I'm satisfied, but I'm not like wanting to throw my controller at all. Okay, so it's enjoyable. It's it's basically everything that i like about castlevania but accessible <laughs> quote unquote yeah. i guess you'd say is the word now for when uh, people complain about not being able to change difficulties in games before i uh, I, I jump in does your shirt just say i love satan on it no wait really it doesn't <laughs> what could it possibly say that's not that uh i love stan what are you talking about <laughs> <laughs> i've had this shirt for a long time it's one of my comfy shirts oh, i love it oh uh, well, thank you yeah it's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> this oh, little kid that's... asked me about it when i was in a sheets once at like 2 a.m <laughs> oh yeah i was like i don't want to have this conversation right now <laughs> ask your parents yeah it, um, it was like it was like do you do you really love Satan? I was like, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I played Super Castlevania Four a while ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm gonna do my best to remember, but what what I like remember from it, the broad strokes are: firstly, I very much agree about the music. I found the music to be like it's not rocking you. It's just like ambience, you know, and eh, I want to be rocked when I'm playing Castlevania, you know. Uh, I mean, yes, for the action scenes, but for Castlevania music for me, dude, I I live for 
my spine tingling and my skin chilling within the first three seconds of the menu loading. I, I mean, there's something just so insanely melodic that just gets me about it. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I I, I need to be rocked. Uh. <laughs> I mean, I love the what's it? Um, I guess it's just called Vampire Killer, right? For uh, Akumajo Densetsu Three or Dracula's Curse Castlevania Three, you know, as soon as you get out into the world, like do 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 do, you know right. that? Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That shit and you're rules. jamming. So, <laughs> um, one of I, the best songs ever. So now I I can't remember if I played Rondo or Super Castlevania Four first. Uh, really? Which, whichever That's one a- came. Whichever one came out first is the one I played first, and I I, I want to say it was Rondo, but I don't quite remember. Rondo is like way later on in the story, like centuries ahead of. Well, I don't care about story. I'm oh, talking okay. about release order. Oh, um, was that the order you're trying to play them in? Yeah, I just I'm playing them in release order. Yeah. Okay. Um. And and so yeah, I don't remember if Rondo was first, but it's like, I I kind of didn't like anything that was different about four uh, super castlevania four because it was like the music was more ambient and i wasn't getting rocked the platforming yeah the platforming was way easier because you can just like move change directions midair and stuff and i felt like there wasn't even really very much platforming it kind of felt like a lot of the game's level design was just walking forward across a straight path you know and whipping dudes in a straight line in front of you as you walked forward and too much of that well hang on that's kind of what i know castlevania for right because like that's once you nah. kind of learn how to run Castlevania, the game is a <laughs> it's a walking simulator <laughs> where well, you just never stop moving is what I've nah, noticed mostly. Nah, nah. There's I so mean, many more. Stop. Yeah, I'm talking about like a just a flat ground that you just walk down, you know? T- you don't think there's like enough like different platforming and bits of Yeah, and staircases and parts where you go up or down instead of just left and right and all that kind of stuff, you know? There wasn't Maybe it enough has been of a while it. since you played it. Maybe, but so, that's what I remember thinking about. It was just, man, I'm just walking forward and whipping dudes this whole game. Um, there's a lot of that, and that's actually what I wanted to agree with you on. Like, as soon as the game starts, I think it does kind of a not so great job of introducing to you the mechanic of eight way directional whipping. Um, it gets to a point where the candles and like wall meat and shit and some of the enemies and the, the way that they spawn, it's just most convenient to do it that way. So it feels good then, but like earlier, earlier on, it's like, oh, what is this? It just kind of happens to come out that way. And I guess <laughs> you just learn from there. And it feels exactly like what you're talking about, where I'm just whipping forward. And I can't tell, like, is, is that me just having only played NES Castlevania and the Game Boy Castlevania, where that's just my movement pattern program for the game? Or is it really just easy as fuck to just run forward and hit b you know right a little column a little column b well the the thing is like it i i think it is the game because like if you compare it to the other games that were more in its generation sort of i don't know if it's if it's fair to compare it to castlevania chronicles since that was on ps1 Mm -hmm. but uh but in any case if you compare it to rondo or to Castlevania Chronicles. Rondo's a weird comparison, though, because but, Rondo's different hardware. I mean, yeah, Dracula well, yeah. X is, makes sense, but yeah. Yeah, they're, like Rondo and Castlevania Chronicles are both different games on different hardware, but yeah. I think that they both felt like 
classic, excellent Castlevania way more than Super Castlevania 4 did because they both had these strict jumps. Huh. I think in, I want to say in Castlevania Chronicles, you could change direction midair a little bit, but that might have even only been in the arrange mode now that I think about it because now I'm getting it mixed up. But uh, but those ones felt way more classic where like you could only whip forward. Hey, you want to hit something that's up diagonal from you? You need a sub weapon for that idiot, you know? And I love that stuff, right? Uh, and like I, the soundtracks were way more jamming. The visuals were cooler. I thought like I just liked everything about about Chronicles and Rondo so much more than Super Castlevania Four that I was ultimately just disappointed by it. I just thought it was kind of boring. <laughs> so this is a hard conversation to have. <laughs> yeah, because you haven't, haven't played, played the other those, two. Yeah, well, let I me just tell you, they're way better. <laughs> I'd rather oh, listen. Then I'm happy I'm on the right path. Then it sounds like I'm experiencing the games in uh, in order of <laughs> a manner of which is more technically uh, impressive. Yeah. Did you get to the part in Castlevania Four yet where you hang on a thing with your whip and the yeah. world rotates around you? Yeah. That, what I had a, a lot waste of, trouble of with a that. mechanic! Boy, well, I had a trouble with that. Why? All you, 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 it's like, it's like, here's a new mechanic they've introduced. Wow, it's on Super Nintendo. They got Mode 7. So you whip this thing and you hang onto it with your whip and ch -ch 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 the, the level starts rotating and you're like, whoa, this is going to be awesome. Except all it does is you, you walk straight across a flat platform until you get to it. You whip it and grab onto it. The level makes a big dramatic scene of rotating 90 degrees, at which point you then drop off of it and it's just another flat surface that you've been dropped onto that you just walk straight out and that's it that's the whole mechanic it doesn't do anything <laughs> sorry i it's just i, I like <laughs> i felt i felt the exact same way i was pissed because <laughs> like i actually had way too much trouble in that scene because i thought it was more than what the game was i was like mm -hmm. where am i supposed to land what am i doing i was trying to figure out and this is actually where i figured out uh the use and hitting the up or down arrows on the d-pad to extend or retract your range from your whip that you're swinging so you can get a wider you know wider jump so i was trying to figure out all fucking manners of trying to get off of that stupid thing once the stop turn once it stops turning and i go do i go down that hole no oh i have to go down that hole don't i where the medusa heads were coming from yeah i had to go down there because it's the only opening all right well let me get over there oh didn't get there that time didn't get there that time didn't get there that time kept falling to my death and then finally i got long enough whip to swing all the way over there it's not where you fucking go <laughs> you do right. exactly what you said. You just fall off, and then it's fine. <laughs> like, yeah, what the fuck? Like, right. It presents to you this new mechanic that gets you all hopeful, and it gets your gears turning exactly. about how it's going to work, and then it's just nothing. Uh, so, mm. yeah. So, when did you play this game for the first time? Uh, it was It was probably... A year ago would be okay. my estimate. We've seen things since this game was developed. <laughs> Maybe yeah, they weren't yeah. expecting the context of, you know, at the time, people were, I guess, were just made to go, ooh, and then they didn't have the budget to continue out into the next scene or something. I don't right. Know. But if you compare it to other Super Nintendo games, you mm -hmm. know, like, uh, I, I, I think that other Super Nintendo games did cooler things. And if you compare it to other Castlevania games of the time, like, oh, also Bloodlines, right? Bloodlines, I didn't get to try Chronicles, that That's my next one. and Rondo, all better. You know, they all did cooler things with cooler mechanics, you know? W would, you say, would you say uh, Bloodlines is 
probably the next step up in terms of level of coolness, I guess. Yeah, like uh, of nice. of those other three, Rondo, Chronicles, and Bloodlines. I think Bloodlines was my next least next favorite. Next least favorite, yeah. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, I I you know I liked it quite a bit. Um, I've heard that Bloodlines um is challenging but very good. I've heard it's a lot of people's favorite. Um, but I think the thing that deters me the most. From it is the fact that, A, uh, it's on Sega, so I have an immediate prejudice uh, against... <laughs> I love Sega. I'm a very big Sega person. Like I'm, I'm a Sega Genesis person through and through compared to a Super Nintendo. But that's the one console... Like that, that they didn't make Sega Castlevania games, you know. So I have my mm-hmm. prejudice. So it's like, okay, it's been on Nintendo hardware this entire time. What's it going to be like on Sega? My next and m- more important like apprehension about the game is the characters. You play Quincy Morris, who actually I found this out by reading Bram Stoker's Dracula. Finally, uh, Quincy Morris is actually based off of the Quincy Morris character in Bram Stoker's Dracula, which explains the timeline of this Castlevania game a lot better because it's like a, hun- a couple like you know it's hundreds and hundreds of years after Simon Belmont and like that early like what was it I think like the 13th century or something 12th century and then uh, later on uh, you know you're actually in the 17th or 16th century you know England and France so it makes sense that you're in that timeline because Bram Stoker's Dracula took place in that timeline too so mm-hmm. it's kind of a cool way to connect these like not even retcon because it's based off of these old older you know depictions of Dracula Castlevania is so it's cool to see it like connect and then have them give you like historical literate you know pieces in the game to learn yeah yeah <clears throat> so if I can say something nice about Castlevania Four though um, you mentioned that you haven't played through the whole thing yet no I haven't been it it's my goal I haven't had a whole lot of time to play with it but I I have okay. gotten to the point where um. You are at the front gates, you kill everyone, you go past that, then you go through like a swampy land, then you go find yourself at the foothills of a cavern, and the cavern is underneath the, the beginning of the castle, and then you go through up and through, through there, past the caverns, and I got to the point where you kind of get right up to the courtyard of the castle, and then it kind of ticked in my head like, oh my god, I've been playing the prequel. <laughs> <laughs> to oh, the NES yeah, 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 game, yeah, yeah. and I it, it fucking blew my mind. Spoilers, spoiler alert for this, you know, sure, yeah. year old game. But like, you get there, and the music changes to the familiar NES theme, almost kind of, yeah. not the same theme, but it gives you the same intro ghouls in sixteen bit uh with all the with all the shit in that courtyard area like from the first game and i go oh my god that's actually really fucking cool because when i started the game i was noticing how far i got into it into a quick short amount of time and it's been ages since i this it's been like a year since i've been actively streaming a castlevania game um or playing rather but like it took me about an hour's into the stream to get that far and then i go holy shit i'm back in familiar territory now I understand why the game felt so easy at first, and the difficulty kind of got right for up from there. And I was like, "Oh, now we're playing Castlevania." Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, and that that is a cool thing that they did, and in and and that is what I'm ultimately getting at uh, is to not you know I won't give any spoilers specifically. I'll just say I I enjoyed the last like quarter of the game way more than the rest. Cool. Like all of my kind of issues with it, eh, you know the the end, like the ending portion of the game, 
did get really cool. Nice. I'm expecting it to. I mean, I'm really enjoying it so far. It's just, I think, I think with Castlevania, you got to nail the music. And in that beginning sequence, they did not really nail the music. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it wasn't so good. But I'm, I'm reserving my judgment, I guess, to, um, to play the Castlevania Bloodlines because, man, I, listen, I love Sega so much. But like the the you can tell when something is a Sega Genesis game because of the way it sounds, and mm-hmm. I'm just trying to think of how those instruments are going to sound in that characteristic Sega like very beep boopy kind of like bass heavy uh, rave machine <laughs> kind of audio. Yeah, yeah, and all like the, those like gargly sound effects also, if you know what I'm talking about, like in explosions and stuff. Kind of. Mm-hmm. Wait a second. Wait a second. I'm thinking about Contra 3 on Super Nintendo. Yeah. Never mind. Yeah, I don't know that, that game that had gargly about. sounding explosions. Anyway. I think the, gar- the only gargled kind of like thing that comes to my mind is in the uh in the NES games in that like in their uh in their OST in one of the songs like a it's the it's the level transition theme where it's like do 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 Oh no, that's actually mm-hmm. the, uh, the 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 choose your name selection. It's the Name selection And then, like, in the back of it. Oh, yeah, that's that's you got the right thing. Yeah, I'm talking about the name the name screen. That one alone, um, just like it's got this just such an ominous beat to it. I'm I love it. It creates such a good atmosphere to it, and it's like, oh fuck, man. But actually, what I was trying to get to was it has that like garbled like laugh in it. Like it goes do 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 do, and the music stops, and you hear like whoa, but it's it's like through an NES, so it's like right, it's terrible, and it's like looped backwards. It does not sound good, but like honestly, I it 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 still gets me every time I hear it now because it's so novel. Uh, how about, um, I mean, well, yeah, I mean, is that, so that's it, you're, you're still trucking along on um, Castle, well, so, did you, so, so you doghoused, uh, the adventure then, right? Officially doghoused? Doghoused would imply that it's never coming out. Um, okay. And I it's Okay, it's on, it's on indefinite here. hiatus. It's on something right now. It's on my <laughs> mind and I'm trying for it not to be. Okay, okay. It's a it, that's a that's a rough game, man, because I I think the only thing that just kills me about it is that you have to have the flame whip or it's unbeatable. Well, the other two Game Boy Castlevanias are much better. I'll tell yeah, you that. Yeah, yeah. And I I really do want to play those, but mm-hmm. honestly, like I'm I I want to know the story of uh Christopher Belmont. I want to see where that goes. Yeah. So this is funny. I um it's funny how much you talk about the story because like we're so different on that where I really like the series just because I just want to whip dudes and platform and be rocked you know and Castlevania does all three of those things and that's all you know and I don't I don't give a shit about the story you know uh well I, I think to say I give a shit about the story is a little bit stretching it because really it's like I said it's just a whole bunch of old classic horror monsters stuffed in a castle yeah, so one yeah, well, like one thing I should say more specifically about it is that like I'm I'm into the story that's happening in the game in the sense of like it's kind of it it depends on like the way that you look at story and the way that you take mm-hmm. it in, right? Where like to me the story is that when I get into Dracula's room in uh man, I don't want to spoil that something that happens in one of the other games, but like which Look, game? it's it's the Chronicles. It's a oh. little detail. I'm saying one thing that he does, all right? So you go into the room, and he's drinking a wine glass, right? Dracula on his 
fucking chair drinking a wine glass and I'm like throw the glass dude throw the glass and he 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 drinks the rest of his wine and he fucking throws the glass and it breaks and I'm like yes you know (laughs) and that's the kind of story shit that I like you know we're like actually thought that happened in uh doesn't that happen in uh fucking god damn it symphony of the night Maybe I didn't play Symphony of the Night until after, and I don't really remember. That. Uh, yeah, actually, I want to prob- say it's part of his. What is what is a man? A miserable little yeah, pile of Yeah, I speech. think it is. I think you're right. Yeah, um, but yeah, first time I saw it was in that other game, right? But yeah, yeah, there, there you go. Also, in like so, like when I played Symphony of the Night, right? The whole what is a man thing. Loved that scene. You know, he throws the wine glass. Loved it. You know, oh, you know, now you're Alucard and he wants to kill his dad or something. Love it, right? When I'm in the game, I'm into what's happening in the game. I guess, I guess the 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 part where it ends for me though is like the like, oh, I gotta play this one because it's a prequel and I find out what happened, where the origin of this guy is. You know that stuff. Eh, whatever. Each game is basically a clean slate for me. (laughs) I, I kind of love, well. I guess I should say I, I I'm kind of sad that I I'm pretty sure I'm correct in assuming that I'm only going to be playing Simon the entire way through Super Castlevania Four. Um, I'm I, I playing or uh, playing Castlevania Three kind of got me really into uh, playing Sypha and or Alucard and or Grant. And yeah. now I kind of just like I kind of wish there was a 16-bit Alucard. Um, it's <laughs> still in his old Bella Lugosi style. Like, how, how are you? There's no way you're Dracula's son. And he just like, you know, he's got the short fucking hair with the grease. Like, it's like slicked down with the shiny. He's got the cape and like the vampire fangs. And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, we'll help you. No problem. Come on, join our party, buddy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I'm going to miss thing, that. Yeah, totally. One, one thing that, that does give you that kind of vibe is uh, Bloodstained, Curse of the Moon has is very like it's another Castlevania 3, you know? Uh and does a really good job of that. Yeah, Just that in, was like, um Jable. Jable? I still I still call him Gable, but Jable. Uh Oh, Jable? J- or Jabel as some people would say. Are you talking yeah. about the old guy? Or, um, or oh no, no no the Alucard guy, yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, the guy I, who's I, basically made off Alucard. I think in Ritual of the Night they call him Jable. They I do, yeah. they do, but I've only ever called him Gable because G E B E L to me sounds like a biblical biblical name, and Gable sounds like a very biblical way of pronouncing it. Sure. So, sure. like, as soon as they said Jeebel in the game, I said mm. I'm not calling him that. Yeah, <laughs> I, right. I, I call him something else too, but I, I forget. Have you? I, now I'm confused. Have you played Curse of the Moon? Yeah, the I just haven't played ones? the second one. I love oh, Curse of the Moon. Okay, I haven't played the second one though. Okay, okay, right. Got it. Yeah. Got it. For some reason, I forgot. I forgot where we were at on that. It it um, was it, it was a it was an emotional shocker for me because I loved Alfred in Curse of the Moon, and then mm-hmm. I played Ritual of the Night, and Alfred was just a fucker. <laughs> I fucking oh, yeah. hated Alfred. And then he he spoiler alert uh, he's a pain to you in the entire fucking story, and and it turns out this merry group of friends is is not so merry, and everyone hates each other now, and. Things are fucked. That's the story of Ritual. Enjoy. <laughs> but uh, as far as Super Castlevania 4 goes, um, I, I, it's hard to say much about it now since I haven't beaten it yet. I don't know exactly how far I'm in. I just know I'm in like stage four, st- stage four or five or so. And uh, just now realizing <laughs> this, the, um, 
the encompassing uh, time and action that it takes that in the first NES game is summed up by do 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 and he's just walking up to a fucking gate and it opens and he's got his whip and he's just angry like yeah like oh, that's, yeah. that's the, I'm experiencing that part of the game right now in uh, in beautiful 16-bit graphics with the uh, they're never gonna look better than this yeah totally mm-hmm. well excellent excellent anything more to say about it in general I don't At think so point? not right now. Okay, I got my little complaining out of the way. I mean, I had mostly complaints about it. I I didn't hate it. I was just kind of disappointed. That's that was all. a valid complaint. That was the first thing about the game that pissed me off. Was um, I'm, it kind of kind of makes up for it right after that annoying part where it twists the level around while you're holding on with the whip by making you walk through a tunnel where it does like the 3D tunnel vision while you're just oh, walking through on the yeah. side. Yeah, it, it's it's kind of like the same effect of you um passing through the dark portal in that secret level or to fight the secret character in Mortal Kombat, you know? Yeah, it looks kind of cool. Um, it doesn't really affect any gameplay, though, right? It's it really just doesn't. Vi- yeah, it's, it's just, just visual. visual. <laughs> you mm-hmm. can pretend it's not there and the platforming is just the same. Yeah, yeah. But I will say, a little bit earlier on into that, like, I'd say, like, stage one, area three or so, there's a... Uh, like, I was surprised at how... how Like, th- it was the most Metroid feeling the series has ever felt to me at that point. I was climbing up platforms, like, I would say three, four stories up, and in different directions, and, so, and in some instances, there were only platforms at different heights uh, visible on the screen and different choices and directions to go. And I was like... There was one place that was just fucking something I'd never seen in a Castlevania game, which was like six uh, six candles right there, three by three in two rows, like just waiting for behind a door. And I was like, whoa, this very much looks like Metroid 2 to me right now, except mm-hmm. I have a whip. It was, it was cool. And I was like, oh, shit, this is the first time I feel like that's the Metroidvania word kind of makes sense as a crossover in this castlevania series because i don't think you told me this before in a previous episode but i i think i tried to ask you for a comparison between metroid and then super metroid or not super metroid but metroid 2 return of samus and then castlevania and then super castlevania i feel like i feel like this is the first time it really feels like someone from the metroid team is working on this game that, yeah, that is one of the funny things about the Metroidvania term in general is that Castlevania was so late to actually being that genre that it's yeah. funny that, you know, for so long it was like it was just Metroid, except there were other games like you were talking about like Blaster Master and stuff almost that were that were more uh, Metroidvania than Castlevania Blaster ever Master was. has the little blue map before right. Castlevania has it. It's crazy. Uh, yeah, until like Castlevania 5, like uh, Castlevania 2 is sort of an adventure game or well is an adventure game. Yeah. Um, but it isn't even really a Metroidvania. You know, you know? it's not an adventure. Castlevania the Adventure. (laughs) That's not an adventure (laughs) game at all. It's just shit. But yeah, it wasn't really until Symphony of the Night that uh, that you know it 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 becomes that genre. And so for a long time, I actually kind of poo pooed it a little bit, where I was like, "Yeah, Castlevania doesn't deserve it," you know. But then I, uh, you know, to to be to, for the genre to be named after it, you know. But I don't know, man. Then I played Symphony of the Night and was like, "Oh, I get it now." Like, I think Symphony uh, is pretty much where it started as like the as like the idea of Castlevania as a Metroidvania. Yeah, and like uh, you know, it, I I I it took me until I actually played it to realize that like yes, this does add a lot to the genre um, that you see in later games and stuff. So yeah, 
Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I've been, been playing. playing? Uh, oh, man. Are you guys tired of hearing about Final Fantasy VII yet? Because I started playing the Final Fantasy VII remake. How about that? Yeah, I, I, I noticed that you were um, absolutely destroying your speedruns, but you were been, you've, I've seen you've been playing Crisis Core and the remake in between those runs. Yeah, so basically I have a backup game, right? Like, if I get a few hours into a run, or into a stream, and my run dies, I don't have time to start another run and finish it, you know what I mean? But there's a lot of stream time left, so I gotta have a backup game, you know? Uh, to switch to, and for a while it was Crisis Core. We talked Crisis Core to death. Uh, I did finish it. Um, I, 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 I guess uh, I, I think I said everything that I had to How say about it. How did you play it, it by the way? Because that's a PSP game, right? Yeah, the PSP has a video out on it. Uh, particularly oh, yeah. the the three thousand model is Isn't the one it the that USB? I have. It's not USB. It's like the headphone jack has another little port next to it. And they made component cables, YPBPR cables, that just plug into the headphone jack and that little thing, and boom, you got just component video out of a PSP. It's Sick. awesome. I need to, yeah. I need to see if mine actually has that. Is it like a little yellow port next to that audio port uh, on the left side? It's, it is, it's right next to the headphone jack. Um, but the, the yellow port is the AC adapter port if you have a 1000 model. The uh, I, it's kind of confusing. I don't remember if the, I think the one thousand model has a different cable that you need, but it I might think they do still have different do cables, it. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, if you, t- explain it here for a second, because I'm gonna run and grab mine from my shelf. Yeah, so I've got a three thousand model, which has just a cable that has uh that has component out. One thing that is kind of weird about it, though, is that the PSP's vertical resolution, I think, is 272 lines. The problem with this is that that does not double uh, into 480 very well. What they did was they had the system output 480p. Uh, out of its component cables. So you got component cables coming out of the PSP. It it puts out 480p. However, the 272 resolution of the PSP, do- it, it would overscan if you doubled it, you know, uh, because 272 is too much. And yeah. so what you get is a small PSP screen with black bars around it in 480p. Now, that's fine, though. The thing about it is it's fine. Yeah, it's not using your whole TV, but eh, use it for a minute. You'll, you, you won't even see the black bars Wh- after which a Which model has the black bars when they output? Well, they all do because oh, they, they put up, yeah, because they put up 480p, but only 272 of those lines are actually used, you know? Instead of 280 or uh, 240. 240, yeah. Yeah. Math. I have, um, I, I was thinking about the power port, the DCN port. I have the yeah. same. It's actually, um, I don't know where it says on, it should say on here, the model. I think the label's off here, but yeah, it's I don't got think like they that actually little, say it. that little uh, headphone port there. Yeah. Oh, uh, well, the you yellow port is the AC yeah. adapter port. Well, yeah, so, yeah, but the headphone port right next to that port right there, I guess, is what yeah, the cable I'd need. And, the, and is this the one cables. where you pull a thing and like the you you pull like a lever and the UMD thing like pops open, almost like an old VSR v, VCR yep. thing? Oh no, you have to yank it open yourself. This one I think was supposed to come open, but <laughs> it's just old. No, nah, that 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 looks like the kind that you're just supposed to pull Actually, open. Actually, wait, yeah, no, that's so the, that. Well, that would be why, because that was the W land switch, not a release. Yeah, you okay, just pull got, this one open. I've got one more question for you. Does the home button say home, or is it a PlayStation symbol? 
Uh, good question. Um, oh, it actually just says home. All right, so that is a two thousand model then. Okay. Uh, yeah. So there what? You go. So two thousand. What's the difference between this and the three thousand? Well, the three thousand for one, the home button has a PlayStation symbol instead. Well, <laughs> fuck, I'm missing out. <laughs> Uh, I honestly don't really know what all the actual differences are. I just know that that's how you can tell the difference. And I know for sure that the 3000 model has the very easy, has like very easy component out thing. Um, the 2000 might also though. I just don't, I don't totally remember. Anyway. I I know I want that cable because this thing's screwed up because it has super glue on the screen. (laughs) You can actually see it right there. Well, yeah, right there. You can see all that mess on the screen. Yeah, so one thing I can tell you that's excellent is that the, um, you know, for for you tech nerds, uh, the component out from the PSP looks very, very good in a, through a RetroTINK 5X. Uh, you, if, you, if you happen to have a RetroTINK 5X, plug it in, uh, and then use the, you, you know how there's the different H sampling modes? There's one that's specific for 480p from, like, GameCube and stuff that looks particularly good, and uh, and it's, that looks very good for PSP. One thing I wish, though, Mike Chi, is that, uh, you know how the game, the Game Boy interface has its own, like, special treatment on the RetroTINK 5X? It does? You know, where, yeah, there's, like, a mode that's specifically for Game Boy interface Ooh. that makes it, like, extra big and super nice. Do that for PSP. Just, uh, you know, I, you don't, I, 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 re- I, that, that's all I have to yeah. say about that. <laughs> Just do it. Um, Just do it. It'll, it'll, what, what'll it take, like two hours? <laughs> it'll uh, only take him 40 hours of research and 80 more hours to figure out why he's getting <laughs> shimmering on horizontal scroll. You know, it's fine. Let's yeah, just bully yeah. him real quick. It's fine. Uh, but yeah, it it looks fantastic uh, in the tank already, but it would be pretty cool if there was like a special mode that recognized the PSP output. Hi, Future Dash here on my shitty mic. Happy to report that Mike Chi did actually release a firmware update to the RetroTINK 5X after the recording of this episode, which allows you to tinker with the settings and actually like properly, specifically zoom and crop your input. So actually you can get the PSP to be super full screen now from its analog out. So yeah, good job. All right, back to the episode. Uh, but yeah, so that's Crisis Core. Anyway, so because I finished that, oh, and yeah, ending thoughts are the same thoughts I had before. The battle system is really fun. You should play it on hard mode because it makes the battles very fun and the materia system pretty cool. The slot machine, however, is the dumbest mechanic of any game ever, uh, <laughs> but it somehow doesn't ruin the game. Isn't uh, it just and then, RNG with extra steps? Yeah, and then also Genesis and Andrew are terrible characters and they kind of make Sephiroth terrible also and uh, yeah a lot of things about the story are annoying but some of them are pretty cool too there you go that's crisis core what's uh, your um what's your PB in Final Fantasy 7 so far uh today I got a new one Fuck, I really I uh, yeah seven hours eight minutes 15 seconds Jesus was Christ. my time today yeah and guess what uh, my internet's been dropping so I got this I got this fancy new ISP that I've been on 
and it's for the most part it's great right we're on fiber now so we have a symmetrical connection so we have a gig down and a gig up you know it's, it's awesome important. however every day at 4:42 p.m. <laughs> on the dot my twitch connection uh, severs for like 20 seconds Only and twitch? then it comes back yeah i had pings going to google one day and the pings were fine but not uh, twitch but not but yeah not twitch and even Check your I, dns that's um, what it is maybe i well i mean why would that stop a, a connection in the middle you know like know, just, you know, it just it, felt right, it felt right to say check your DNS. Nah, nah. See, so DNS would be you're talking you're talking to a network guy here. So DNS. Yeah, I'm would not actually a like, network guy yet. <laughs> uh, you know, it basically uh, when you first connect to a website, you know, you type in a host name, which is letters and shit, and that's what's like for a human to remember. Your your computer takes that and it it uh it. You have a DNS IP address, you know, you have like, this is your DNS, you know, it's this IP address, your computer or whatever program you're using, whatever, it takes that, those letters that you typed in, and it sends it to the DNS IP address saying, what the fuck is this? And the DNS uh, has, you know, a, a whole bunch of, it, it's got its whole table of host names and the IP addresses that those resolve to and it sends back the IP address and then your computer or whatever goes okay and it takes your original thing and it sends it to that IP address instead but from that point on that DNS entry is solid right and so, so it's do you think you're to... just losing your connection to it could be your specific connection to the uh, Twitch server that you have OBS connect to. Yeah, I don't so I used to have a bunch of drop frame drop issues uh until I started having OBS just automatically choose a server for me. I do you know? too. Yeah, I so I used to have it on like Chicago, right? Cuz I'm in Minnesota, Chicago's really close and but I was getting frame drops. So I switched it to just the Twitch server auto option. Never had a problem since then, you know? It's always been great. Except when I switched ISPs, now I've got this issue. I don't really... <laughs> That's so, so bizarre, yeah. Yeah. So, like, I'm still in the middle of investigating where exactly the issue is. We still technically have uh, the Comcast connection, you know? Like, we still have this month for Comcast. So, tomorrow, I think I'm actually going to hook that router back up and do a stream through Comcast again just to make sure it is only this ISP. Uh, you know. Did you you can call the ISP, you know, just be like, "Hey, why does I my did, connection yeah. to the Okay, yeah. Yep. Uh and and one thing that's another nice thing to say about this ISP even though they're giving me issues, this new one is that um it's a <laughs> yeah, much don't, don't name drop them until they fix it. <laughs> well, it, it so it's yeah, it's a much smaller company, you know. I don't think that they're available in uh, everywhere. And um, the thing is, if you have to call Comcast with an issue, you're fucking. It's it's a it's a nightmare. Like you you you're on hold forever just so that a robot can tell you to reset your router and to yep. call back, right? And then you're on hold forever just so that someone can read you a script, you know? And then you're on hold for yeah yada yada. It's a it's a nightmare. But uh, but yeah, I called this ISP and immediately was speaking to a human that was like, "What are you trying to do? And what's your issue?" Right? And I was like, "This is what I'm doing. Here's my issue." And they're like, "Oh, okay. We're gonna look at the logs on your thing. Don't see any issues. I'm gonna send this to the higher level guys, right?" And I'm like, "Yeah, you do that." And then like, <laughs> and then like, 
20 minutes later, I get a, I got a phone call from the higher level guys and they're like, all right, let's get to the bottom of this, you know? And then, you know, they did all their shit, couldn't find an issue, you know? And I'm like, yeah, I can't just re reproduce the issue anytime. It's always during this time of day, right? So here's the plan. I'm going to do this and I'm going to call you guys back with this info. And they're like, yeah, we're going to do this, right? And then so we've been talking, right? And it's like we're actually getting shit done, sort of. It feels like there's progress being made. It feels like someone cares about my issue and wants to solve it, which is more than I could ever say about. Uh, oh, yeah. a giant company like Comcast, you know. But, hey, what I can say positively about Comcast, though, is that their shit usually works. Yeah, um, that's what I was going to say. Actually, uh, I have Verizon Fios where I'm at. Um, a lot of people don't know what that is. On the East Coast, they're essentially the, as far as I understand, at least in the Central East Coast, they're the fiber optic internet provider. Um, Comcast has fiber here, but and I don't know how it, if it's changed, but essentially, as far as I understand it, Fios is fiber to the house, Comcast is fiber to the power line, and then coax from the power line to your house. Ooh. That's 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 how it is here. Um, gotcha. And yeah. hey, that's actually pretty damn okay, because coax tr can transmit a fuck ton of data, actually, and uh, fiber, you know, you're, you're, you're taking coax from your panel anyway at some point, it's just there's more coax on the Comcast line. So it, it was okay service, but my issue was that Comcast went down like once a fucking day for me. When mm. I had uh, when I had when I had Verizon, it was set it and forget it. I was pissed because I had to call in the uh, customer support one day to, for one issue, and their support was terrible. But the service itself works, and so I just never had to call. And that's that's right. it's sad that that's like our our level of, of <laughs> trying to find an ISP now is whatever. Take all my data, steal all my shit, sell all my information. Who cares? Just work and let me get to the thing. <laughs> yeah, like one one thing is uh, being like a streamer is I I don't I don't know how much I'm allowed to complain because it's like I, mm. I because I, I'm saying like I I'm sending five megabits per second of data for twelve hours straight and I need it to be perfect. <laughs> you know hey, what I mean? That's that. Hey, there's there's actually nothing wrong with that because um you can't look at it. You especially can't go into looking at what those packets of data are or are for, but like you can't look at it like, uh, well, I'm doing so much because in comparison, like you're pissing into the pond compared to like, you know, the government building down the street or something, whatever. Yeah. But it's like you have to just understand, hey, I'm running at least what I or many would consume uh, or, or consider a business. Um, and that business is a thousand percent reliant on flawless internet connection. So yeah, yeah. it's but a point there, to complain about. There you said the B word though, and that's what I always need to be very careful about when speaking like to an ISP if I ever have an issue though, is I I feel like I can't be like, I need this for my work, you know? Otherwise we're gonna trip up the well, you should be on a business account for a thousand dollars a month then if you want our guaranteed never goes down or it's free model, you know what I mean? I don't have that with Verizon. <laughs> That's a brilliant marketing idea, um, but it is a man. I bet. Oof, I bet a lot of people fall for that. <laughs> yeah. That sucks. Yeah, I didn't think about that. I've never told Verizon that I run a business from it. It's it's 
I've never had to complain to Verizon. I guess that's why. Yeah. <laughs> so, but yeah, as far as the ISP stuff goes, I mean, if they if if they find the issue and solve it, then I'll be very very happy because um, even though there was an issue, I feel like they've done a good job uh, giving it attention so far. But yeah. yeah. Um, I just want to go back to the talking about uh, Crisis Core for a second. It seems uh, I have a friend in our chat here talking about how the slot machine mechanic was not a problem, and that was the biggest surprise. Well, yeah. <laughs> Would you like, agree well, with that? Well, yes. Like I said, it's the dumbest video game mechanic I've ever seen, but the I, I still played through the whole game. You know. What oh, I mean? you're saying it wasn't a problem for you. I thought you were saying it was a problem. Well, it's it in itself. It's the stupidest thing Stupid. ever, <laughs> but it doesn't ruin the game. You know? Yeah. Okay. I see like what you're the saying now. the rest of the game is good enough that like I it was I, I tolerated it. You know what I mean? And yeah, that's that's admirable for the rest of the game. Um, but yeah, so with Crisis Core done, I've been playing the remake, uh, and that's been a thing. Have I don't you been know. speed running that? No. No. Okay. Uh, I've just been doing a, a casual first playthrough of the remake. Because gotcha. basically what happened is the remake came out a while ago, right? But it was only on PS4, and it was 30 FPS, yada, yada, I don't know. And, and Oh, okay, so like, so they announced Final Fantasy VII Remake a long time ago, and I hated the idea of it. I was like, man, that's going to be so dumb. But, really? like, it's a Final Fantasy VII Remake. I don't know, maybe it'll be cool, but I think it'll be dumb, right? And what, then okay. they, what, what what made you think it was dumb? Because it's not the same Square that made Final Fantasy VII. You know, the okay. last Final Fantasy, the game that they had made, was thirteen at this point. You and, know, and even more to that point, it started off in the hands of CyberConnect Two, not even Square Software. Yeah, Square. and right, and they that ended up getting scrapped or something. Got scrapped, yeah. Um, Which yeah. I felt so bad for because I want CyberConnect Two to do well. Because mm -hmm. they were, I was a big fan of the Dot Hack games, the original Dot Hack, uh, you know, infection, outbreak, mutation, that, that kind of thing. Loved those games. Wanted them to succeed. But the, when I when I heard who it was making the Final Fantasy VII remake, and I remembered that repetitive ass Dot Hack gameplay, I went, Oh no! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this isn't gonna be good. Or, or um, not. It's not gonna be good. It's just in no way was I expecting that to meet everyone's expectations. Like I, I'm honestly really surprised. Um, Sony went for the money on this one because I think Final Fantasy VII remake at 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 a point in its development pretty much almost reached Half-Life 3 status in terms of hype for it. And uh, I, I knew the instant that I bought my PlayStation 3 to play this game that uh, I was going to be disappointed no matter what because, like, there's so much hype behind this game and it, all the hype and, and, and pushed for it to even get made was made based off of a tech demo. Yeah, one thing that people might not remember is that people were hyping up the idea of a Final Fantasy VII remake years and years before it was actually announced. Yeah. People wanted it forever. And then, yeah, for a PS3 tech demo, they, they like recreated the intro scene of Final Fantasy VII, not saying that they were remaking the game. It was just a PS3 tech demo, mm -hmm. <laughs> and people like lost their shit about the idea of a remake, you know? And Can then, we just talk about that for a second, though? Well, because there's no way. I'm, I'm sorry to run over that, but there's no way that they didn't know what they were doing, though. They had right. to know that when people saw this, they were going to lose their fucking mind. 
Borderlands. Yeah. Because that is such an iconic game. That is such an iconic like set of songs. That is such a scene to put in like a thing in a in a venue during an event where people announce video games. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like come on. Like, sure. There's no way they didn't know what they were doing. I I think I think the people who made that tech demo knew that there was a lot of money to be made. Yeah, sure. So then they r- announce Final Fantasy VII Remake, and at first I'm like, yeah, sounds awesome. And then I saw like two seconds of gameplay from it and was like, hang on, that looks like Kingdom Hearts. I don't know about this. Oh, really? uh, and then, oh, the guy that directed Kingdom Hearts is directing it. Fuck, <laughs> you know? So I was starting to lose some interest in it because of that, and then I found out, oh, it's going to be episodic. And that's what like cut off excitement for me completely, right? That was when I that was when that was the 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 deciding factor of I guess I'm not going to play it now is because it's going to be episodic, mm, not into it. Uh, so, so I didn't get it when it came out, you know. Um, and then it came out. It was on PS4, you know. And I did watch some people playing it and wasn't I didn't like what I saw really. Really. Um, yeah, like the Man. stuff that. Really, like, what I saw, basically, here's what I saw, right? I didn't watch a ton of it. I saw two things from it. Let's start out with the positive. I saw the Airbuster fight, and I was like, holy shit, that actually looks really fun. Like, even though the con- even though I thought it looked Kingdom Heartsy before... Is this the in first the- boss fight? In the trailers, not the first, but it's, like, it's early. You, there's, like, that machine... Uh, you're fighting the soldiers, but then there's that machine boss with, that you throw grenades at, essentially. Machine boss that you throw... What? In the first, like the first, like run with Avalanche, you know. Oh, Guard Scorpion. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah. not that not Airbuster okay. is the second uh, dude that you fight, and it's after you fight him that it that he the, like the bridge blows up and Cloud falls into the church, oh, and then you meet Aeris, okay. right? Yeah. That part. So. Anyway, so I saw the Airbuster fight, and I was like, whoa, this combat actually looks pretty cool. The way that, like, you switch between the different characters, and you're giving them each commands, and, like, it's an action game, but then you pause the action to issue a command, you know? Ooh, okay, all that, wow, surprisingly, that looks pretty cool. But the negative thing was that then I saw someone running around Midgar... And it was like Midgar was like bright and sunny, and the music was like la 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 la, <laughs> you know. And like all the everybody had like nice hair and nice clothes and stuff. And I was like, this, this okay, doesn't well, look hang like on. Hang this on. doesn't Where look like slummy, shitty Midgar. This is the slums. Oh, you're uh, in the slums. Is what yeah, you're oh. yeah. And I'm like, mm, this doesn't have the vibe I thought it was, that that Midgar should have, right? And that was it. That was my whole experience with it. And I was just like, mm, not gonna play it, right? Maybe, maybe I'll get it when it comes out on PC. Is what I was thinking, you know? Because <laughs> like, also the PS4 version looked like it didn't run very well, you know? Oh man, and that's another thing. So like, as soon as they came out with this game. Then the PS5 came out, and then they were like, ooh, enhanced version of Final Fantasy Remake. And I was just like, Jesus Christ. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we'll get to that, right? When when am I going to get to play this game? When are they going to stop releasing? (laughs) (laughs) Originally, my thought was, I'll get it when it comes to PC, right? But then, like, two years passed. We haven't heard about a PC version yet, except apparently in a leak recently. Um, apparently, but anyway, so we haven't really heard officially about a, about a PC release yet, but there has, they have released the PS5 version 
And the PS5 version is 60 FPS and looks really nice. And I have a PS5, so I was like, fine, I've been speedrunning Final Fantasy VII, I just played through Crisis Core, you know what, fuck it, I'm getting the game on PS5, I'm gonna play it, right? And that's where we're at. That's the Dash Retro life story about Final Fantasy VII Remake up to this point, and I've been playing it. And you Hats know what, I like it. getting a PS5, I'm <laughs> I'm still. Oh, uh, I ha- dude, I had to get one for Demon Souls. When, oh, true. dude, oh my God, do you remember the door thing and the coins with Demon Souls? I got it. We're gonna tangent for a second here. Demon Souls remake was a launch game for PS5, and I'm like a giant Demon Souls fan, so I was losing my fucking shit not being able to play the remake because it it looked really good and like it looked so faithful to the original, where it was like, holy shit, this game is exactly like the original, but with with new graphics it looks amazing right and but then but 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 i was like i can wait right i can wait but then there was this door uh, where like there was this illusionary wall in the game that wasn't in the original game in fact the original demon souls doesn't even have illusionary wall well in world four it does anyway anyway there's this illusionary wall that was not in the original game and it led to a door that was not in the original game and it's like how the how do you open how do you, how do you open the door? How do you open the door, Knox? How do you, how are we gonna get this door open? And then and like I joined the you know I was in the Demon Souls Discord and we're freaking out you know everyone's chat all their all their hypotheses about how are we gonna open this door? Oh, what if everybody has to dress up in certain thing? What if you have to wear certain clothes, right? What if we have to get a bunch of people in multiplayer to all go stand and emote in front of the door? Like everyone these these ridiculous ridiculous ideas people are coming up with as far as how to get one um and then and then someone found this coin item that you can only find in the fractured world which was the mirror mode that they added to the remake in the remake they added a mirror mode you know and if you're in the mirror mode and your world tendency was a certain level you could get you could there were these hidden coins and someone found one of them and then it was like this crazy of like where are the coins we gotta find the coins okay so while all this is happening I'm like staying up until 3am every night (laughs) watching streams of people looking for these coins talking about it in the discord about how it works I've got a spreadsheet going about like where each coin has been found who found it a, a link to the twitch clip of when they found it you know it, it, it was a, just like magical video game time. So you can imagine during this time, I'm also furiously refreshing Best Buy, Walmart, <laughs> Target, GameStop. Like, I'm getting a PS5, you know? And you that bought one, a PS5 for a remake. Let's just point I did, this out. I, I did. Has uh, anyone it, ever bought a console for a remake? It's Demon Souls, though. Um, but uh, but no, I know what you're saying. I, be- I um, believe your enthusiasm. I I feel like there's some real magic to that series, and I've just yet to find it. Yeah. Now someone could hear. Here's the thing, though. Here's what I will fully admit: is that that entire story that I just told you is textbook FOMO. You know what I'm saying? Oh yeah, absolutely. Fear of missing out big time. Everybody who had a PS5 was hunting for those coins, and so badly. So badly, I wanted to be in that fucking Demon Souls remake world, looking at every corner, looking at in every nook and cranny, looking for those coins. I wanted to fucking live in that world and find those coins, you know? 
Uh, and I did get a PS5, right? I did. Walmart came through. I got a PS5 from Walmart. Walmart came through. But by the time I got it, the coins had all been found already. Wow. I, now, I loved my time with Demon Souls Remake. Don't get me wrong. I'm still glad I played it and all that shit. But, yeah, it was a, it, it was definitely, like, the hype around it was definitely a FOMO thing. And I, I, I fully admit it. I, I, I get that. Um, I just don't. It, and listen, I think there's some ser- like okay. I think if um, if when I was going from the Xbox to Xbox 360 generation, which I didn't do, I skipped that step. I I only got in at that. I skipped so many games of that generation. I'm only in at the very end of the PS3. But if they had said, hey. We're remaking, ah, fucking, what's again? I, I was into Halo 2, so it was super heavy at that time. If we're we're going to make remake Halo 2 on the Xbox 360, uh, if they just told me it's going to be everything <laughs> visually you expected from Halo 2 but couldn't get because of the hardware, um, I can see myself maybe buying it, but only because I would want a competitive edge in multiplayer of better frame rates and stuff like that. I don't think um, a remake alone on a game would get me to buy it, but seeing them add in content that wasn't there before and now is just this mystery thing, I, I, I guess I can concede that that would be pretty exciting. Oh, dude, and I forgot about another aspect of the story. So while before people even knew about the coins during the during the time, oh my God, I'm remembering more to the story. Okay, so before anybody even knew about the coins, and it was full speculation, how do you open this door? People were finding out how to get out of bounds in the game. You know, people Ooh, fi- love that. That's one of my favorite hobbies. I go ahead. <laughs> Uh, so there's this weird thing where, like, when you load into the game, it like part. I think I think it has to do with the really fast PS5 loading times, where like it loads certain things before others. And so when you first load in, you can walk into certain objects that haven't like fully loaded yet. And then when their collision loads in, it pops your character up. So it makes you like jump up. Yeah. And oh, so that's pe- cool. So people were using that to like up warp and get out of bounds, uh, and and um, after like you know hours of trying, uh, someone distortion on Twitch. He's a popular Souls player, I think. Um, he got to the area that's behind the door. But, oh shit! But he didn't get in there. Well, yeah, it he was wouldn't like, see anything load. He would just be like physically behind that object, right? It was back there. Like, it was loaded. You could see it. And so, um, and, and so he, he got up onto a rooftop, right? And he's running around the rooftops trying to get over to where's behind the door. He gets there. What's behind the door is this balcony, right? And, but he can't get to it, right? Because it's like f- too far away, you know, uh, from where he is. But on the balcony, there's an item floating there. There's an item that you can pick up that is floating there and you can see it, right? And it's like, holy shit, what's the item? You know what I mean? Now we know that we're trying to get back there uh, to get this item. At some point, he does actually manage to get over onto the balcony by doing some other shit. But 
Okay, is, can, can you like, actually help me a little bit with the imagery yeah. here? So there's this door that they've added into this game, into some map somewhere, and yeah. uh, this person... Okay, where is the door? This person. The door is in an alleyway. So, like, you're walking through a tight alleyway, and 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 at the end of the alleyway, if you strike the wall, the wall dissipates, and it's just more alley, and there's a and there's just a door in front of you. There's a couple steps going up to it. There are some objects around that are like from the other worlds in the game, which was part of the speculation of how to get in there. It's like there's like a pickaxe lay- leaning against the wall and like a bag, and people are like, that's the stuff from World 2. And then there's also <laughs> like a pot, and people are like, that's the pot from World 3, you know? And like, so everyone's freaking out about like, what does it mean, you know? But it's just a door, walls on both sides of you, tall wall that has the door on it, you know? You can't see anything else, right? So... He gets, when he's out of bounds, basically he's running around the rooftops like it's Assassin's Creed, you know, mm. kind of, is what it looks like, sort of. That's cool, and, because there's there's a lot of things that game developers will do to prevent this shit. Like, they'll just put a, a, like a big area of effect, just like a big cube, and if you walk into this cube, you just die instantly, and I'm, I yeah. hate that. I love, I love getting into Explore. Well, <laughs> um, so... When he gets to the spot that, you know, that where you can see the balcony that's on the other side of the door with the item on it, eventually at some point he managed to get, like, to jump and land on it, on the but not on the balcony. On the rail. He landed above it. On the awning. Uh, on an invisible Brick. cube that mm-hmm. seen that, like... Like, everywhere else in this game, like, they knew people were going to try to do this. It's when a textualist they, object, yeah. Yeah, they knew, it was like the developer knew people were going to try to break in here. Because everywhere else in the game, you can run around out of bounds. You can run crazy far away out of bounds. Sometimes you fall into bottomless pits, whatever. You can do lots of shit out of bounds. It was kind of broken. Uh, but this particular thing, they seem to have built a whole cube around it of collision that he was running around on top of the balcony, <laughs> like, uh, like, you know, yeah. just floating 20 feet above it, not able to get into it. You, so You might notice that I've zoomed into this conversation a whole lot because this is like one of my favorite pastimes and I still don't know why in video games. I just oh, love sure. out-of-bounds exploration. Like, just even getting out there, like, it's like, ooh, I'm not supposed to be here. Yeah. <laughs> So there was a no, I, there, there's one more aspect of it that I I don't fully he's remember. On this, he's on he's above the balcony here on uh, an invisible cube and he's hitting it from all four sides to show collision. That's where you're at. Uh, well, you can really only hit it from the top because you'd you know fall. You, you yeah you'd fall yeah. when you reach the end. But so that was the idea though was like okay so the the it's a balcony so there's there's a dropped down area that is below it, you know? And generally people are getting out of bounds by up warping. So now the question is like, okay, what if we get down there and then up warp on the side of the balcony into the cube, right? And I don't remember exactly what the reason is that it didn't work. There was some weird thing where like, if you go down there, it does just kill you. You know, like you would expect, like you fell, you know, oh, you're dead, you fell. But there was one spot that, like, it didn't kill you. 
But if you tried to do the up warp from this spot that didn't kill you, it, like, bugged the game out where it gave you the weird, like, death cam. Like, where the, where the, where the camera angle... Yeah, yeah like, died. the camera angle changes. But it didn't actually kill him. It just, like, changed the camera angle to the death camera angle without killing him. But it also made him... It made the warp not work, you know, for some reason also... So it was just this like series of like they're just trolling him. Yeah, well, it's like, it, you know, so it seems you can like... look at it from the perspective of this upwarping mechanic you're talking about. You said you do this by going into an area before it, before it fully loads its objects. So once it loads, yeah. it, it it shoots you up. Um, well, if you're going into an area that you're trying to upwarp, quote unquote, into, um, and there's nothing to, uh, there's no object there to push you up. How are you? It's not getting you in, is it? Well, a, yeah, a, a lot of what people used were, like, the the decorations on the walls. There were a lot of columns, like pillars, you know? And it was, like, uh, basically, right away, the walls loaded, right? But all of the pillars that were part of the decoration you could walk into, you know? Mm. Those oh. were what didn't load collision yet. So it was and then, a big boost. Yeah, uh, so, so yeah, that's, that's, that's like what it was. But anyway, so, so basically the, the, the whole out of bounds exploration was not happening because like every step of the way there kept being like exciting progress, like, oh my God, he's going to do it, you know? Uh, but then like things kept getting in the way and not working, you know? Um, but then someone just, someone figures out the first coin, you know? So then it's like, okay, all right, all right, all right. There's another mechanic to the game that you got to understand. So someone finds this coin, and you might be asking, how does a coin open a door? Well, it doesn't. But there is a character in Demon Souls that you can trade items to. Ah. She wants sparkly, shiny objects. And if you and the way that you trade with the crow, the way that you trade with the crow is you drop a coin. On or, or sorry, you drop the item on the ground, and the and the crow, if they like it, they'll say like happy, happy, right? And if they don't like it, they'll say something else like fuck you, you know, whatever <laughs> it is. And uh, and then you have to leave and come back. And when you come back, the item that they traded it for will be sitting there instead. You know, Does that makes sense. Yes. So someone was like, okay, the ceramic coin, the ceram ceramic coin. Sorry, that's the coin that was hidden, right? They're called uh -huh. ceramic coins. So we're like, okay, you got to trade the coin to the crow, and the crow is going to give you a key to the door, right? It's just like Mario red coins, essentially. So we go to the, to the crow and drop the ceramic coin, and here's what happens. The crow says, happy, happy, like it likes it. It wants the coin, and we're like, holy shit, this is it. You leave the area, you come back, the coin's just on the ground. It likes the coin, but it won't trade the coin. It's a very nice coin. It looks, it looks so, good right where it's at. So then, so of course, of course, then the question is, okay, we need, we need more coins, right? We need more of them. So how many do we need, right? Because they stack. So we need to drop a stack of coins for the bird, right? That's what it's going to be. And so, of course, everybody's like looking for more coins. You know, we got to find more coins because you can only find 
one in each place, right? Wait, you when find you say you need to stack them, are you putting them in an, a singular item down that says a coin X5 or yes. a physical stack of coins? Okay. Nah, it's like Never coin mind. times five, right? All right, yeah. gotcha. Very good distinction. Now, um, so everyone's finding the everyone wants to find the other coins because they're like you know they're saying you know we how we don't know how many there are we need to find as many as we can so streamers though who like want to be the first one to get the thing they're like i know an idea i'm going to get i'm going to get the 5 that we know that we can find and then someone else is going to get 5 and then and then they're going to come into my game and they're going to drop the coins for me right are they <laughs> so Someone else, th- yeah, because they want to be part of this, you know, this whole thing too. So, oh. so this streamer, same guy, distortion. He, someone comes into his game, drops him their coins, and guess what? If another player drops coins, they break. They're ceramic coins, and if you pick them up, no, no other item in the game does this. If they drop them and you pick them up, you get broken coins. So it's like everyone's fucking freaking, you know? Because it's like, new item, the crow wants them, we don't know how many they want, they won't let us trade them, we can't out of bounds into this place because it's locked tight, you know? It's like, it. oh my god, everything about cool. it. Like yeah, that. everything about it was so exciting. Yeah. Uh, and then it, tur- it turned out you needed 26 coins total. Uh, my number. Sorry, I have uh, a thing with the number 26. Well, it's, it's like thir- a recurring number for me. It's thirteen twice is twice the thing. Twice too. Yeah, I know. So, uh, <laughs> Trust me. so, well, yeah. So, because how it works, how it ended up working is there are thirteen coins that you can get in a single playthrough, and then when you go to New Game Plus, they all respawn. So, if you get all the coins twice, you got twenty six, right? Um, and then if you drop a stack of twenty six coins for the crow, she gives you a key. Key opens the door. Boom, you get the item. What was the item? Uh, there is a, um, if you want to know, right, spoilers, uh, you know, uh, go 30 seconds ahead if you don't want to hear it. Skip 30 um, seconds ahead from now. Uh, go. <laughs> what it is is uh, there is a boss in the game that is very popular called the Penetrator who wears a very, very Ooh. cool set of armor, and you get his set of armor. Which was a thing that fans like really wanted, and it was something that was like, uh, uh, like rumored as being in the game, but was never true, you know. Well, yeah, who so doesn't yeah. want to look? Like, who doesn't want to look like the fucking penetrator? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it was it was a really cool reward. So there you go. That's the Demon Souls coin story. Um, anyway, on the topic of PlayStation Five, I've been playing. Final Fantasy VII Remake. All right, uh, all right, all right. Hang on, hang on. Just real quick, because I want to go back to this point I said earlier. Okay. You bought a PS5 for a remake. What yeah, is the I nec- mean... <clears throat> uh-huh. It's okay, it's okay. What's the next game that you went for, for PS5? Returnal. True. Okay. Go, it, that's right. You were big on Returnal for a second, and then I was just like, okay, we're not going from remake to remake, are we? Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I've bought. I've played two other games. Uh, I played Returnal. It was fucking awesome. I need to try that. Yeah, once I get and then PS5. I, uh, and then I played Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart, which I was very much less excited about. <laughs> eh, it was okay. I it like more... the new character for that, though. I I I, I get that it's like a, uh, you know, 
it it injects some excitement uh, into the series that the series hasn't had in a long time. I think it's cool. Yeah, sure. The gameplay though, it was very ratchet yeah. and jank. You know, I don't know. <laughs> I, I I wasn't into it. Um, but then now and now we're on remake again. It's the it's yeah. the it's the fourth game I've right. got for. PS5 so you started playing Final Fantasy VII remake, yeah? Yeah. Um, first thing, good God, this game looks good. Like, holy it shit. It had to. There was no way it could pass by without looking good. Remember Advent Children? Yeah. As far as I remember, this looks like you're just playing Advent Children. You know? That's what I was... Yeah, and that's kind of like... Uh, so I followed the... <laughs> we have very different perspectives from games, and I really appreciate it sometimes, because I have followed this game since the CyberConnect 2 days, and is why I bought a PS3. I said that earlier. Um... I have yet to even come close to putting down money for this game that I have drooled over for decades. And actually, I think it looks really fucking good. I'm excited to play it, but I don't want to yet. Because mm-hmm. A, I'm not sure when it's going to be done being made for new consoles. But B, I, I, I really like that it is the exact art style as Advent Children. Like you said, I saw Advent Children, and as soon as I saw what was scrapped and that what was remade i was I, that's the first thing i thought was this is advent children the game mm-hmm. a thousand yeah. percent it looks absolutely incredible it's crazy uh and like seeing you know just just like walking down the slums and you look up and the plate is above you, you know, you look over, there's like the core of the plate, you know, and you look over there, though, and you can kind of see the sky, you know, it's like, oh, man. There was a really beautiful moment that I remember sharing with everyone in the crowd at E3, uh, digitally, of course, I wasn't there, but I was Mm -hmm. watching as Jesse got revealed from the crew of Avalanche. Mm -hmm. The first time Jesse got like like a true face reveal, everyone just went nuts like oh my god she's so fucking beautiful like holy mm-hmm. shit like and and, and everyone was like yeah i always fucking knew i always fucking knew but like that moment of like seeing the uh just like the humanization of what was just like five minute throwaway characters ultimately in the grand scheme of things in that game was like one of the coolest things ever and it was like it, it was very movie-fying if that's a word <laughs> it's not a word but like yeah it made it cinematic yeah, so, right, and that that's the thing that gets you right away, and man, the game starts off really strong, because um, at first you're doing, the, you're doing the bombing mission, I mean, the game starts off really strong in the same way that Final Fantasy VII starts out really strong, where boom, you come in on the train, you kick some dude's asses, and we're bombing the reactor, and it's fucking great, you know? The music's really good. You're fighting dudes, all that. One thing I'll say about the start of this game is it's kind of overwhelming. Really? Like, as far as how much you do. Uh, so you're fighting a guy, right? Okay, it's time to fight. Here's the deal. You have two ways that you can attack off the bat. You can either mash square, which is good for, like, comboing a single enemy, or you can hold square, which does, like, kind of AOE. That's good for multiple enemies. Okay, while you're doing that, though, you gain ATB. When you get ATB, you can use spells, abilities, or items. Three, like, menus full of things that you can do with your ATB, you know? Items are self-explanatory. 
Spells, you know, it depends on your materia and stuff. And abilities is stuff that's like braver. Braver is not a limit break anymore. It's just an ability that you can use that does a bunch of damage when you have comboed a little bit. They don't have limit um, breaks anymore? There are limit breaks, oh. but Braver is not one of them. It's just a normal ability. Weird. But then you also have these other abilities, like Focus Thrust or something like that. And then there's also this mechanic where the enemies can stagger, right? And so it's like, okay, so you want to hit them, but then when you pressure them, then you want to use like a certain ability that staggers them more. Now they're staggered. Now you want to use your abilities that do big damage because they're staggered, right? How long do you stick with the braver move, by the way? Well, hang on a second. I, I, I'm making a point here. So you've got, your, you've got your attacks. You've got two different modes of attack. That fills ATB. Items, abilities, or... Spells, which all do the uh, 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 in, work with these mechanics, but then there's another mechanic of limit breaks, where then also there's limit breaks. So when that bar fills up, you can do that, and then also there's this other mechanic called Punisher mode, where you can switch to a whole nother mode of fighting, where Cloud like moves really slowly. And his attacks do more damage, I think. And if you block enemies, you can parry them and stuff. And then this is, again, on top of the multiple types of attacks, the ATB for item spells and abilities, the limit breaks. Like, there's... And this is, like, this is all available to you in the first battle, you know? Like, just immediately you've got so much shit that you can do that it, I, I found it to be kind of overwhelming. Mm. Um, but like, ah, you kind of get it, but then right away it's like, okay, now Barrett's in the party too, so while you're doing all this stuff, pay attention to what Barrett's doing, because you gotta give him commands also. Would you like to play as Barrett? Okay, now you can, you can also play as Barrett, and get, it's just as complicated. He shoots dudes, he's got another, like, special, unique attack that he can do, kind of like the Punisher mode, but it's a different thing. He's got his... Can you describe Punisher mode? What is this? You, you move really slow, and then you just... And do massive damage what's going on yeah like the combo that you do is longer and seems to do more damage and if you block enemies i think you parry them uh and then <laughs> why is it called punisher because you're because you're I, parrying instead of blocking. i don't know the the regular mode is called operator mode oh weird. um yeah i'm not i'm not sure what the reason is square enix likes to name things i yeah. found out um, but, uh, but yeah, so, it, it, but then, yeah, then you're Barrett. He's got his, all his shit that's, like, also more stuff, you know? Um, kind of overwhelming. Uh, one thing that I would say, now this is, this, this is gonna, this is classic Dash here, alright? I would have liked it more if they introduced these mechanics more one at a time to make them easier to digest, I would have also liked it if I could fucking play on hard mode right away. Because I can what? only play on normal mode. You don't unlock hard mode until you beat the game. Oh, I and hate that. It, yes. And I never play hard mode, but I hate that you have to do that. Here's why. I'm going to tell you exactly why you should be able to play it on hard mode right away. First of all, when you present me with a relatively complex battle system, but... I don't have to engage with the mechanics to win. I'm not going to learn the mechanics. Yeah. You know I'll, what I mean? Every, every time. You just, why, why not just mash A or B, you know? Exactly. You can hack and slash a lot, and you'll do fine 
on normal. You don't have to get good at the mechanics because the game does not kill you if you don't get good at the mechanics. Now, the other problem that that creates, this cascades into another problem of how a game generally feels when you're under these effects. What happens is... There's a boss fight, right? And I'm just kind of mashing, and I'm using abilities here and there. I don't really know how all the mechanics work yet. I'm playing super suboptimally, and as a result, I'm doing kind of shitty, you know? I'm getting hit a lot. I can't really see what the boss is doing because it's so flashy, and I'm not really seeing the moves that he's telegraphing all that well. I don't get it yet, you know? But... I'm not dead because the game's not hard enough. So instead, I have this constant feeling of I'm doing shitty until, oh, I guess I won anyway. On to the next thing, you know, on to the next thing. So the entire experience of that boss battle was it felt kind of shitty until I won, you know? As opposed to you get your ass kicked. Shit. I got to look at my character. I got to look at my abilities. Try again. I do a little better this time. I figure out this mechanic. Oh, he kills me again, though, with this other thing. Okay, now I got to account for that. Change your strategy. Adapt. Now, now, in order to beat this boss, I got to be kicking his ass, you know? I got to get to the point where I'm dodging his moves. I'm switching to the other characters when I need to. I'm using the abilities when I need to use them. I'm timing things out. Kicking ass. Now I beat him. Awesome. That was a great experience. That's the difference. So you have to beat the game in order to play the game, is what you're saying? It's what it feels like right now, kind of. <laughs> that's that's kind of like, so- shitty. I wonder if there's a cheat code that'll allow you to access it early. Yeah, I don't know. But 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 this is greater than just Final Fantasy VII Remake. This is a thing with all games for me. This is why difficulty is so important in games, uh, is to prevent that issue. Yes, I, 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 I totally agree there. My thing with difficulty for me, though, is a lot of the games that I... I have always been a habitual normal player only. I will never make a game harder. Because like, my philosophy is I don't want to make a game harder than it needs to be as long as I can enjoy the base elements. Um, because if I'm going to make a game harder than it needs to be, I'm making more work for myself unnecessarily. And a lot of the time, it it tends to be tedious work right like so a lot of games where if you select a hard mode the only thing that will happen is the caliber and quantity of the enemies that are spawned for instance like i, I think doom very first off like you you go uh from you go from uh, hurt me plenty to nightmare you'll notice a difference and that's just a very small step in difficulty you go from um you know not Did too you say rough hurt me or whatever. plenty the nightmare what, night, is, isn't that it? Hurt me plenty is uh, like ultraviolence. You're missing. I'm missing UV. That's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah ultraviolence. Yeah. yeah. You'll notice the difference between that step, but you'll notice a, st- a step between ultraviolence and um, uh, nightmare as well, right? Like it's, yeah. It's, well, but Doom but, is it, kind but of in a different Doom, conversation. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It, in, in Doom, it's gonna just spawn different enemies, slightly more or more difficult than the last. That's what I'm used to difficulty meters being in video games. I'm not used to difficulty meters making a game work. Mm-hmm. Function, rather, is but the better. Yeah, word. but a lot, a lot of the time, it's one and the same. Like, I think Crisis Core was, like, the hard mode of that game, I imagine. I don't know. I didn't play it on normal, but it seemed like the enemies were very tanky in that game, 
which if you just say that, it sounds kind of shitty, right? You know, like, oh, you know, hard mode, it just makes the enemies do double damage and have twice as much health. But it makes it so that you have to use barrier, and you have to use their weaknesses, you know, and you have to get good at dodging their attacks, yeah. you know, and all that kind of thing, and, and, and all, those all those mechanics are fun. But if the enemy only has half as much health and they do half as much damage, then you can just hack and slash them and they're hitting you and they get you down to a small amount of health, but then they die and okay, it felt kind of shitty, but I won. You know what I mean? That's my issue. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. So you, anyway. have that with, uh, you have that with the new remake. I'm feeling it, yeah. I just, I've never game overed in the game yet. I've fought a bunch of bosses and all of the bosses felt like they were kicking my ass the whole time. I constantly feel like I'm doing shitty in the battles, yet I've never game overed and we, we've just, I, I've, I'm continuing, you That's know? That's a really weird feeling, I guess. I never thought of yeah. it that way. So it's like, I, it's just walking disappointment, I guess. <laughs> um, but like, I, yeah, and and the uh, I, I'm really looking forward to playing it on hard because I feel like the battle system is really really cool. Oh, um, you haven't played it on hard yet. The remake, no. Oh, that's what I'm saying. Is that's that nuts. It, it yeah, it's it makes you beat it first. I think that's true. You uh, said you were just kind of introing to it. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, right. I I haven't beaten it yet. Um. But okay, so let's 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 go a little further, you know, other 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 ideas, right? That's so so the game starts out, you know, the battles, I am enjoying them enough. Uh and like man, seeing the reactor in these graphics is like the coolest shit ever. I actually haven't seen that yet. So uh, I assume it's going to be cool. It's super super cool. And then the thing the thing that like I I can't say enough good things about, really is I think that they really nailed the main cast, especially Cloud. Uh, the the voice, uh, in, I'm playing in English, um, and the, the voice of Cloud is perfect. Not just, like, the sound of him, but, like, the guy. His delivery of the lines, you know, is, like, super spot on. And the way that they've written the character of Cloud, I think, is super spot on. Uh, you know, it's just, it's, it's a pleasure, um, as well as like his model, like how he looks and stuff. Like, I think they fucking nailed it. Yeah. Uh, he looks absolutely fantastic. Um, yeah. His voice, I haven't heard enough to where I can recall in my head enough, but I do think that's going to be a weird role to fill because I think cloud, he has, and specifically talking about the OG game here, he has like different arcs of his personality but generally he's kind of the same not quiet guy but says what he needs to uh you know he he's like the he's the protagonist who isn't right because the whole crew is the protagonist of avalanche yeah. it's like he doesn't he doesn't make himself front and center um he doesn't uh i mean there are obviously scenes where he's like you know the drama queen like oh my head hurts you know yeah, some yeah, shit yeah. like that but like there's he's not actually like this big brave like muscular hero right he's like you got to nail that voice and it sounds like if you if you like him i'm sure i'll like him yeah i think they got him perfect uh the other characters i think are are visually perfect right visually uh, with the models and all but that, audibly? they they nailed everybody, you know. 
every moment that Tifa's on screen, you're just like getting lost in her big pretty eyes. You know, it's, her it's big great. pretty uh, eyes. <laughs> um, uh, but but their voices. I think that the rest of the cast voices are good, but they the I, the cloud voice actor is like on another level though. I think like I think really? he kind of I think he kind of outclasses them. Um, Cloud's voice actor sounds very natural, and he sounds like a real person speaking real things. You know what I mean? When he talks, the other characters sound more like they're saying lines, you know? But it's still good, though. It's still fine. I'm not complaining, right? It's fine. I'm just saying, right next to Cloud, it it, it, it stands out a little bit. Uh, But yeah. It kind of feels like he's the actor who was uh, paid another uh, digit for a reason. Right. Yeah. Like. Yeah. He he's super good. Um. So, but that's the so that's the main cast. When you get out, so so once you're done with the with the opening mission though, and you kind of get into like the game proper. Um. Basically, I I have kind of an overall thought here, uh, which is that I think that all of the parts of the game where you're following the main plot of the original game. I love those parts, you know, doing the bombing mission, doing the meeting Eris in the church and doing the church stuff, you know, going to Walmart, like all that stuff. Uh, uh, and I, I've really, really liked so far. Um, the boss battles have been fun. The shit I don't like is when it's like, okay, do side missions for a minute, right? You get to a part where it's like, okay, we're in Sector 6, and tomorrow's going to be the second bombing mission, and so, so it's you just don't side like quest time for a minute. the number one draw to this game. I guess, yeah. The, <laughs> the, all the stuff that they expanded on. All the I'm life not of really, Midgar. Yeah, I'm not really into it, because what it is, is it's like, you're so you're that merc I heard about, huh? Do you think you could kill some rats for me? It's not fetch in, quests, is it? Out in the basic bullshit land, you know? No. And, you're, and, and you're like, okay. And you just go kill some rats for the guy and then come back. And it just doesn't do anything for me. It's boring. Fuck. You know, like, yeah, it's just, it's a bunch of nobodies asking you to do nothing for for no payoff, basically. What am I, like, a fucking I, Jedi just going to do some shit for you for no reason? I understand what they're going for. They're going for a couple of things things here they want the game to have side quests in it they want to expand the world and make it feel it. living and cloud's a mercenary right but so we gotta do fetch- mercenary okay. right right i get what they're going for but really they just made a bunch of boring side quests that nobody wants to do you Damn know it. what i mean that's that's actually super disappointing for me to hear because that's that's like one of the things i was looking forward to was knowing that like Midgar was a place I could explore and not just feel like I'm playing an MMO. <laughs> yeah. Now, it, it, when it comes to just walking through the slums or whatever, though, and looking at everything, looks great. You what know? about the rest of Midgar? Does it have to be the slums? Well, I you know we're 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 uh, I've done mostly slum stuff right okay, now, okay, but gotcha. yeah, there there is the part where you go to like, well, that's slums also. Uh, I'm, <laughs> well, I'm I mean, trying to think. Okay, here. there's the slums, well, yeah, then there's the wa- Shinra building, and that's like all I know about Midgar. And I know there's yeah. more. Uh, there's a playground, obviously, but like I want to get out oh, of the slums. Dude. There's got to be like a rich people's district, right? There's got to be like a rich, fucking like high class, like upper class, fucking gambling. You know, loves yeah. to smoke, takes the train to the casino crowd. There's got to be something like that in Midgar, where they just so look down is. upon the slums. It's like, ugh, what is that? 
You got pale skin. You must not see a lot of sun. <laughs> fucking peasant. I'm I'm into that. I need um, to see that shit. <laughs> I need to see the, the the tragedy of 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 like classism going on in Midgar. <laughs> well, so there is a little bit of it right at the start because when you blow up the reactor, you then have to get back to the slums, you know, which yeah. has a little bit of traversing the rich people place. Okay. However, it's kind of blown up and destroyed. You yeah, know? it's kind of so it's, it's kind of really... on account of the blown up reactor. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Don't but anyway, that. anyway. So what was I saying? So so the stuff that's like direct remake stuff, I love. But yeah, the the side quests, I'm not super into. Um. What was the other thing also? Oh, there's also a very large noticeable difference between the expensive cutscenes and the cheap cutscenes. Oh. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, there's the cutscenes that are fully mo mo-capped, right? Where the character, where there's direction, there's good camera angles, the characters move nicely, the lip syncing is good, and then you've got the cutscenes where the characters are just standing there. The with character a models in the game yeah. that are just yes. turning to each other and then voice lines happen. <laughs> right, and when they talk, it's just kind of their mouth that moves oh. except for a couple canned animations. No, that's and the camera is oh. just this very static soap opera shot that's on them you know i thought like, we left yeah. that behind in the ps2 days yeah oh no i mean fucking uh you see that shit all the time with games like mass effect and horizon and stuff like that's something that drives me nuts about those games and fallout 4 and stuff though the conversation mass camera effect, Ma uh, Ma mass effect oh. didn't bother me because the draw to mass effect is just like the draw to uncharted where it's the between character dialogue where there's no specific thing happening uh, uh, Cinematic-wise, it could just be you're entering a scene into a gunfight, and yeah, it kind of sucks when you go into a building and you're just all of a sudden in old school like uh, Xbox, like maybe Xbox 360, but mostly OG Xbox, like camera, uh, cinematic angles, techniques in the kind of game where you're just kind of super bomber manning it through a fucking uh, warehouse for a second. But like, there are scenes where. Uh, it's it's totally fine in Mass Effect because it's just like you're doing a routine like oh I've been in this fucking uh, this building that's designed this way it's, they just put a bunch of these models and a bunch of these planets and it's all laid out the same way I don't care I don't need to see how it looks I know how it looks just give me the story that's fine I don't care but in other games especially in the earlier 3D games like that PS2 era man is it apparent when a cutscene is cinematic or just done with the in-game character models like Grand Theft Auto great example of this oh it's bad some of those cutscenes are so bad but the beginning of the game fantastic yeah yeah it was also very noticeable in Final Fantasy 10 too oh I didn't play because 10 too, like but yeah because I, I like in Final Fantasy 10. Like, all the cutscenes pretty much, well, m most of them looked really great, you know? Yeah. Where one thing that's weird about 10, if you really pay attention, though, is that every character has two models. They have a high-detail model and a low-detail model, where, like, if there's only one or two characters on screen, they look really high-detail, you know? Where, like, you can see, like, their, their tear yeah. ducts, you know? And their faces are super well-modeled, you know? Lulu's cleavage looks great great right <laughs> but then uh -huh. but then you it switches to a scene that has like four characters in it and suddenly suddenly uh suddenly lulu's, it's barbie is the island princess <laughs> suddenly lulu's cleavage is looking like one flat texture and uh, all of a sudden all of a sudden characters 
faces aren't really articulating when they talk anymore. Uh, <laughs> that was kind of noticeable. But then in 10 2, though. Is that a in, hardware limitation or a budgetary limitation? I think it was hardware because they yeah. had the high level. Uh, models. It was only when there was like a lot of character models on screen you okay. noticed that oh they're using the low poly ones now. Yeah. But then in ten two though it was like they were just using the low poly models the whole time. <laughs> oh, and no. and like the characters' mouths didn't even move. They just appeared open and appeared closed. You know what I mean? And stuff like like, like, that. like the uh, the uh, the oh no what are those called? Uh... They're like the little origami things you'd fold with your hands. It was like a oh, four-sided. Oh, catchers? Is that what you called them? <laughs> yeah, where it was like open this. You opened it this way and with then that thrums, way. With your thumbs, yeah, that yeah, way. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like I've I've seen character 3D character models just talk like that. And I was like, oh, God, am I talking to the fucking predator right now? <laughs> we call them cootie catchers. What did you, you guys didn't call them that? No, it was just like a fortune teller. <laughs> it was like a fortune teller origami thing. Because like what you would do is like, you know, you'd have questions on the outside, but on oh, the yeah, inside yeah, yeah. you'd have answers. So like. Uh, okay, name a color. Blue, B, yeah, L, U, yeah. E. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally, yeah. Exactly. Um, all right. Anyway, where where the hell was I? Basically, <laughs> ten two um, and terrible three D character models when they're talking. Well, back to the remake. So mm -hmm. I, you know, overall, I am enjoying it. I like it, uh, which is pretty surprising. You know, I'm a asshole who doesn't like <laughs> anything, and I, um, you know, I kind of like it. You have uh, there's, discerning tastes. There's definitely some things about it I haven't liked, though, and I've aired a couple of those grievances so far. Um, the last thing that I will complain about... Is, okay, let me give you a perfect example of what I don't like about the side quests and how it affected the dress-up sequence, right? So I just got through dress the world-famous dress-up sequence. In yeah, the from remake. Final Fantasy VII. Seven remake, okay, yeah. Yeah. in the honeybee inn is that what we're talking about well that's that's involved the honeybee inn is involved mm -hmm. right but okay. yes wall market honeybee inn the dress yeah. shop the the gym where you do the squats you know mm -hmm. Love squats. Uh, all that stuff right so i just did that part of the game and here's what i thought was very weird about it excuse me in final fantasy 7 what happens is you're looking for tifa you hear Tifa's in Don Corneo's mansion. So you go to Don, Corne Don Corneo's mansion, and they say, hey, only chicks allowed in. And uh, Cloud's like, damn. And Eris says, <laughs> why don't we dress you up like a girl? Classic. And then you embark on a series of side quests that involves getting a dress and getting a good wig and optionally getting other things that make you more girly that might trick Don Corneo into choosing Cloud over the other two girls. Which at this point I think we should specify in the original game, you just go to the buildings and get no, the things, right? Yes, this is the original that I'm talking oh, about oh, right okay. now. Oh, I thought you were talking about the remake. Mm -hmm. In the remake, what happens is you go to Wall Market, Eris just disappears... Uh, you know, she's doing something. I don't remember. And you just do a bunch of boring side quests for people for no reason. You know? Whereas oh. just... 
Where it's just like, oh, do this. And it's even the same side quests in the first game. The materia shop owner wants you to go to the inn and get the thing out of the vending machine. You, oh. you know, you got to go to the, the shop and get the pharmacy coupon, right? It's all the same quests. You go do squats, you know, but it's not for a dress. It's for no reason. Then, then, when you're done doing all that... You go find Eris at Honeybee Inn, and she's like, Hi, Cloud. Look at this cool dress I got. By the way, we're going to dress you up. And Cloud's like, What do you mean we're going to dress me up? And, And they're like, Okay, here we go. And then you go into Honeybee Inn, and you do a fucking song and dance number where Cloud is on stage dancing like he's practiced these moves and it's completely out of place for the character and then they sit him down in a chair on stage before a live audience excuse me I just inhaled some saliva because I'm getting fired up this is spoilers for me, by the way. I didn't they, know any of this. They put Cloud on a chair on stage in front of a live audience and make him over right then and there, and then he's dressed up like a girl. And it's like, it just doesn't make any sense that my suspension of disbelief was completely broken by this part because yeah. Cl- it's, it's just so out of character for Cloud. You know Cloud. what it seems like what it is is actually, it seems like what they tried to do is where they i've noticed a lot of like japanese games will have scenes that just have no problem breaking character breaking mood breaking setting just to have an out like an outright like musical or something happen just to be like cartoonish in the way that like japanese anime tends to be cartoonish like in that kind of sense it just tends to be like ridiculous and and the crowd is aware of the ridiculousness but the it's it's just part of the experience and you expect that that's not part of the actual thought process of the character and yada yada it's just like a fun introductory thing it's a it's yeah. a japanese thing i will say in my in my experience with games like this it's it's definitely like a japanese kind of way to do it but like i I've seen them do this with like anime before where like a character and another character, like a villain character will be together in an anime just like for like one weird musical scene where it makes no sense for those two people who would in real life stab each other on fucking sight, like just be there singing together. You know, it's just like a cartoon Mm -hmm. thing, I guess. Well, okay. So even if we do accept that, like, okay, Cloud, he needs to do the dance. And so he's going to nail it, right? Because Cloud is the kind of person where if he's going to do something, he's going to do it right, you know? And so, okay, let's say, yeah, Cloud is going to just, he's going to do the dance, right? And I'm fine with that. And, like, the character that makes him over and the, the makeover itself, right? I'm fine with it. I, I, it's just that it's on stage. The makeover part is on stage. I didn't yeah. get, okay. Anyway, anyway. The other thing about it, though, the the thing that really bugged me is just the fact that the side quests had nothing to do with it, you know? Um, I think maybe I heard that, I think something that somebody said in chat did seem to imply that, like, how well you do at the side quests affects how good of a dress you get. Really? That's kind of cool. But it's not, like, it's not apparent to the player 
It, like, it okay. wouldn't be because you wouldn't see all the dresses of his, as a choice, right? You would just like be like, "Oh, well, I guess in this screenshot, it's more extravagant." Extravagant. Well, you go to this other guy that's completely unrelated to anything that you've done yet, and he just makes you over. Why does it depend on whether or not you got the right thing in the vending machine for the fucking materia yeah, shop owner? Exactly. There's, there's no connection there, and I and I'm kind of with you on that initial criticism. It's like, why change the story? What was the point? Why does right. it have to be such that, like, oh, Eris is off doing something, and we don't know what she's doing when we obviously know what she's doing? Yeah, all, all, like, all of the side quests that are there can still be there, and the, uh, you know, and the makeover scene can still be there, right? I'm just saying that it was so much better in the original game when it was, we get there, where's Tifa? Corneo's mansion? Okay, how do we get into Corneo's mansion? I gotta be a chick? All right, Boom, time to do some side quests to solve this problem, you know? And that it's was the so greatest much thing. better. That was the greatest thing about the, like, developing, like, okay, so not, like, the uh, the in-your-face plot of what was actually going on, but it was just, as you were playing it, you're just going, oh, yeah, objective, gotta be a chick, gotta be in Don Corneo's mansion. This is what you do, get a dress, absolutely, that's all you gotta do, of course. Do these things, get a dress, you're good. Dude, those guards won't know a fucking thing. And of course mm -hmm. they didn't. It's this whole cartoonish, like, there's so many levels of humor to this one scene that seem like they're being erased, unfortunately. Yeah, I mean, it's still, like, it still has the, the once you get to Corneo's mansion, it plays out the same, right? Where it fools the yeah. guards, and then he comes out, and all that, and, you know, I, I and, and that, and that part is done well. Again, once we get back to direct remake part, it's great again, you know. They did Don Corneo well, um, and you know, then you fight apps and all that, and that's great. Uh, Don Corneo yeah. is actually an underrated character, in my opinion. He's pretty. Funny. I he he's great. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah. So I don't know. Uh, I've got. Uh, I'm I'm in the train graveyard right now. Is where I'm at, which is right after you fight apps. Yep. Uh, Lots the of tone, items to find there. The, yeah, the tone of the graveyard is kind of confusing me because I can't tell whether they're trying to actually make it horror or not. They're, like, going for, like, a horror vibe with it, but, like, it's, like, silly and cute, the ghosts. So I don't really get if it's supposed to actually... Like, I, I, like, I don't think that the game is supposed to be legit scary. Yeah. Let me get that out of the way. But, like, the characters the tone of the are... setting, yeah. The characters are acting like it's actually scary, though. But, like, but like, the ghosts are cute and silly. So, I, I don't know. I, it's, it's weird. Uh, but anyway. It's kind of like that vibe of uh, at the Golden Saucer where they're at the haunted, uh, the haunted hotel. Where the whole, like, scene mm -hmm. is just really cute, adorable, like, Halloween-y, spooky stuff. But yeah, with the, the big cartoon devil and yeah. stuff. Mm -hmm. I there's just so much to the game that just doesn't take itself seriously, like in the in the the spookiness, I guess. Or, I mean, there's that's kind of why I kind of like I dig Final Fantasy VII a lot because there's lots of scenes where there are just it's straight up obvious that comedy is the 100% goal of it, and then you get to areas like oh the planet's dying, and mm -hmm. he killed your mother and. And also, <laughs> like, <laughs> did unspeakable things to your father. Also, you're not real. And, you know, there's an existential <laughs> crisis. <laughs> and then yeah. it's like, oh, but look, you're at this big, the world's best arcade in the middle of a desert where there's a giant sandworm creature. 
that's mm-hmm. defending it. You know, it's cool. There's there, there's so much to dig into Final Fantasy VII that like that was the that was kind of my chief concern going into getting the remake was it's episodic. And I knew from the very beginning that it would be an undertaking of a game to remake fully. Um, I didn't expect them to come out with an episode kind of system, though. I'm not surprised, yeah. but I didn't expect it. So I'm the kind of person, and this is not you know Sony, this is not Square's fault. This is me. I, I have to wait because of Netflix. I've been trained to wait until all the shit's out, until it's fucking done. And then mm-hmm. I'll binge it because I I need to know that I'm not going to wait a year for any kind of plot resolution. I can't do that. So yeah, with Final Fantasy VII, there's just so much to do, and then they just episodic wise, I understand, but like, <sighs> how many Blu-rays would it take? You know, <laughs> how many Blu-ray discs in one case would it take to remake Final Fantasy VII? Yeah, and we may have already said this uh, in a previous episode. I feel like we may have talked about this a long time ago, and I said this exact thing. But um, what's weird about it is that the first episode only goes through Midgar, which is like a fifth of the game, if that. And so the whole thing about it is that they took Midgar and they stretched it out, right? But now if they were going to fit the other two games or the like let's say they made a trilogy because trilogies are nice the other two games would be rushed in comparison you know what i mean Probably. uh who knows though i mean maybe that would just be the way to go because midgar is such a midgar is the iconic final fantasy 7 location so maybe they will spend more time there than anywhere else there's a good chance i'm i'll be wrong about this because there is so much money involved but i have a prediction that i don't think final fantasy remake will be remade to completion at least not in the way or not in a form that preserves all the plot point necessary right. plot points yeah. of the that, original game that does bring up the yes the other thing is you can speculate like you can speculate like i did but then you can say it's not called Final Fantasy VII, right? It's called Final Fantasy yeah. VII Remake. It's literally in the title, mm-hmm. which seems to imply that they can do whatever they want with it and totally change later parts. And uh, it's, it's, it's shitty because, I mean, it, it doesn't say re-release. It says remake. So it's not like you can hold them uh, to, to be accountable to where it would be like, uh, this is the game, but in HD 3D graphics. It's it's something that just you just kind of have to accept because they've already in the first iteration made um, made it certain that they're not going to follow the script word for word. Yeah. So I want to go back to one thing that you said a second ago about like the the balance between comedy and drama in the original game. Uh, I, I thought that all the silliness of the original game worked really well, partly because of the graphics of it, you know? Yeah. And I was really worried that, like, a photorealistic style, um, well, anime photorealistic style, yeah. wouldn't work with, no? the, with the comedy. I was worried about that. But I think percent. it does. I yeah. think it does. It's I interesting. There, I don't think there's any doubt, because, like, there's... Well, I, I mean, I play a lot of fighting games, and, like... I, so like fighting games now even still are very heavily Japanese developed and there's still, you know, plenty of 3D elements in those that 
they make like personable. Like the, the graphics are good now. It looks not real life, but like a lot of these games are like anime to real life, etc. But like you can still make that to where it's not going to be a concern to preserve story parts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, w- so one thing as far as like the, the silly comedy stuff, though, that I have noticed as far as how it's changed to work with the new style is that like the original game had a lot of comedy just in like the actions of the characters, you know, uh, the little silly polygonal models uh, like let me give you an example. When you first uh, are in the dress and you go down to the basement and you find Tifa, right? And, like, you see the character model. She kind of leans in at Cloud and then, like, her character leaps out of her feet, you know, and, and lands back down, you know? Or, like, and then Eris, and, and, and then, like, Eris runs They're down, animated right? animated like crazy. And she, yeah, and, like, Eris runs down. She looks at one. She looks at the other. She looks at one. She looks at the other, you know? And, like, her, her model is rotating and stuff. All that kind of stuff. Silly fun. That's the kind of stuff that's not that's exactly what I was worried about. That kind of stuff yeah. is not going to play in realistic graphics. But the again, it's the excellent 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 voice performance of Cloud that really sells it because how they've kind of done the comedy in this one is the idea of Cloud is such a good like straight man, you know, for these silly situations where he's got this kind of no bullshit demeanor. Uh, where his personality is that, like, when he's embarrassed, he just kind of, like... Shuts uh, down. He's all business. Yeah, Yeah. he's just all business, you know? (laughs) And they use that in the comedy really well, you know? Um, He said, like, when Tifa first realizes that it's Cloud, and she's like, Cloud, what are you... And uh, his line is something to the effect of, like, I know, the dress, the makeup, nailed it. Moving on. (laughs) Right? And, like, that's what he says. Oh, I didn't know that. It sounds just like him, though. It's great. Like, it's really good. Uh, So, yeah, I... I'm very impressed by how well that they've done both the writing and the performances. So yeah, yeah. I, I that's where we're at. That's that's what I was gonna say. Actually, like there's a there's a cool thing that you pointed out because of the 3D models. Like the they're they're very polygonal. There's low poly counts, so there's only so much you can do with them. One thing I loved about Final Fantasy VII in the not like uh you know cutscene parts where it gives you all the cinematic scenes it's actually just the the person to person talking and when there's a dialogue option that is particularly exclamatory where uh one character is in in a state of incredulity at something some other person has said there you just see them their character model turn to the character and then arms up like what the fuck are you saying right now? And I'm just yeah, like, yeah. that is like, there's so much like little, eh, you get the bird's eye view of the conversation and you know, it ex- you know, it's exactly what's going on because everyone yeah. is so animated because you know, you don't have facial expressions. You don't have tone of voice. You don't have all these things to translate feeling. So they did almost what, people in the 1920s did and to make silent movies you had to be more expressive you know you, mm-hmm. you had to make it more obvious what was going on and then that's that's something that's going to be totally you ha- you're on your own with with the remake you have to figure it out uh dialogue wise you got to figure it out even just like the the tone of your voice the setting the camera angle there's lots more to consider now Yes, it creates something. I'm glad you brought this up. It creates something of an uncanny valley where and, and the same thing happens with voice acting 
where in old games, like you play Final Fantasy VI, right? And all you have are these sprites. And the sprites, they move around on a grid. They can turn in different directions. And they have very minor animations that they can make. And you're just in a, in a static bird's eye view shot of these characters just moving to different positions. And you have text boxes that come up. Which makes your brain fill in a lot of blanks. Tons of gaps. Because you're you, reading a book without needing all the help of your brain to do it. And so you will remember those scenes a certain way. You'll remember them kind of the way that you internalize that they played out, you know. And I, I personally, I think that that's very immersive. Very uh, But then when you get to some, I'm going to rip on Mass Effect again. When you, when you get to a scene where two characters, you know, you know, now the graphics are really good and the characters look like real people almost, you know. But they don't quite look like real people, and they're standing in a realistic place, and we have camera shots, but it's just they're just standing in front of each other, facing each other perfectly, a perfect two feet apart, looking into each other's eyes, and just their mouths are moving. You know, it <laughs> somehow looks worse. You know what Much I mean? Much worse, yeah. And like now, and now the uh, and like the vo now there's voice acting instead of texts. But oh, that that line was delivered a little weird. Whoa, the inflection on that was a little weird. Hey, she said that this? not the way that I think that she would say it. Now it's less immersive with the voice acting. Uh, I'm sorry, what'd you ask? Do you remember learning about this, like at least subconsciously going, man, graphics can never get better. And then like the PS2 era happened and you see that graphics amazingly got better. But also somehow got way worse in, in in that like you're exactly what you just des described two people standing next to each other. There's lots of things that aren't being taken uh, into account of back then, like camera angle, um, uh, different like emotive speaking with your body, using your arms to talk, using your hands to illustrate points, to denote you know breaks in actual sentence, wh whatever you're doing. There's so much missing. Where before, in the 2D era, you'd have so much dialogue that, like you said, it would just you'd, you'd have text there. So it's like you're reading a book, but you're reading a book with pictures, except these pictures move. So you have a little bit more context, and it's just easy to create a beautiful scene in your head. But like as soon as this 3D shit happened, again, like you said, there's an uncanny valley effect where you... The, de the devs like put these two characters together in the same context, in the same way... Except now they have a little bit better technology, so now they got CD audio. Let's call it. I mean, that's a little bit outdated a term, but like you know, audio. You have MP3 files. You can actually record people talking. You don't have to have text boxes. You have people talking next to each other. But at this point in time in the PS2 era, there's the problem of just I don't know what you call it. Filming techniques, game dev techniques. There's so much that just makes this the interaction so inhuman that it almost feels like the gameplay itself is more human than the actual interaction. Like I, I think of Grand Theft Auto San Andreas or Vice City or Grand Theft, Grand Theft Auto 3 immediately when I think about stuff like this because all those cutscenes were actually like there was a lot of mocap done, but like even still they're just the low poly 3D. Uh, and honestly, I would argue what does what, what makes it more awkward is the lighting effects that rather than the 3D models of the time, but the lighting effects make things awkward and weirdly lit and, and just 
this feeling of dread from some senses uh, or or from some from some scenes where you're where you're just like okay um done with this let's get back to the game (laughs) yeah i don't want to be there anymore (laughs) like uh yeah i i think like to 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 paint a picture if if there's anyone who is not following what we're talking about uh, a, a a picture to paint i would say is like Let's say that you're, there's a game where you're in a room and there's two people talking, but then there's some other guy in the room, like a guard or something, you know, because it's a jail or something, right? In an old game like Final Fantasy Tactics or something, there would just be a sprite of a dude just sitting there, you know? And it would be a still image of just a sprite of a dude and he wouldn't be moving, but because the graphics are so simple, your brain just fills in that whatever the hell that guy is doing standing there you know but then if you take it if you up it to like morrowind graphics or oblivion graphics or something and now you have the same scene where now there's a dude standing there right but maybe he's like breathing because he's a 3d model with a breathing animation but now your brain starts asking these all these questions of like why isn't that guy like looking at us He's not you know? moving. He's like, not what, blinking. Yeah. He's not. He's not like he's. He, you'd think he'd be a little bit more attentive to the rest of the scene that's going on. He's or this intrusive you know what I mean? piece to the scene, and suddenly it looks bad. Yeah, yeah that's all. Uh, hopefully that maybe that helps. May, no, hopefully that makes, all of that this makes, makes sense. sense. Yeah, because like once you okay, taking Morrowind as an example, you walk in, you're you're, you're talking to a guy about your birth sign, you're you. <laughs> Your fucking race, yada yada, but like, dude, there's, there's my a guard cat just, there. my cat just farted on me and walked away. What? I think oh I god, saw it's your... it's bad. <laughs> I think I saw your camera autocorrect with the lighting with that. Part. That's <laughs> impressive. <laughs> yeah, it was a. Uh, you walk into the Morrowind scene right in the beginning of the game. You you determine your identity and shit, but you're just like, there's a, you have the option to steal like 20 things in that room and one of those things is actually a quest item that helps you later on so you're just like does this guard see me <laughs> he's just standing there mm-hmm. i can't tell if he look is if he's just standing he's, he's not even breathing dude and he's just like mm-hmm. he's not blinking he's not looking around he's not looking from side to side if he were just a 2d sprite it's just like yeah it's a guard they stand by yeah, doors he's looking at me yeah. you know he's doing yeah. his job not mm-hmm. a problem but exactly. with all this additional human context in the third dimension with actual like perceptible 3D models, there's so much more context and no information to fill that void. Mm-hmm. It's unsettling. Yeah. All right. All right. I'm glad we can agree on that. Yeah. It's, it's but weird. yeah. But honestly, actually, so here's one more thing I will add to that. I kind of love that. There's so much charm to that early 3D thing that's just like it's – we're not going to see games come back with that just weirdness of context unless people start making video games out of the room or something with Tommy. Wiseau. Yeah, it is it, like when you when you do think about something specifically like Morrowind or like the old Thief games. There's a charm to that, and maybe that's just maybe that's just nostalgia. You know, I feel like the the Uncanny Valley really hits on yeah. like the later generations of like. Like Mass Effect, you know, is is the stuff I always think yeah, of. Yeah, like... maybe maybe three early three D is just taking a little bit longer to age rather than the golden age of two D. Maybe mm-hmm. it's because we're just not, you know, eight bit Sega Master System games are not what people remember when they think of like 
you know the peak of Game Boy or NES mm-hmm. gameplay. So it's 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 just something that's got to pass, I guess. Well, all right. You got anything more for us today? No, I think I'm all good. All right. Well, man, we hit a lot of big topics actually that I kind of have like things to talk about. So that was that was fun. Uh, good to hear. G- good good tangents today. I felt like about very important elements of game design that I I, I rant about a lot when I'm live on <laughs> Twitch.tv/retro and you are live. Damn, you do that? How many times a week do you do that? Uh, Monday through Friday, every day. Oh, dude. Right now. Hey, schedules change, but uh, that's what it is right now. I do that exact same thing, too, except for that whole Tuesday and Thursday bit. I do Monday, Wednesday, fr- Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Um, I work late hours sometimes, so sometimes Wednesday is just this podcast night when we can do it. But I'm Invictus Knox. You can find me on Twitch and YouTube. This is Dash Retro. You can find him on Twitch, Twitter. I'm also on Twitter. Um, and uh, give us a follow if you haven't already. Either way, you probably already have if you're here. But we appreciate you all listening. Excellent, yes. We'll see you next time. See you all next time. Y'all take care. Have a good one. Bye.